Seven is a number, both prime and divine. Seven yeah. is a number, both prime and divine. Seven is a do. number, both prime All and divine. Seven is a number, Check both prime and divine. United like the Justice League, we unlimited. Five transformed into seven, magnificent amalgamation. Super Saiyan, we ain't playing. 106.5 is the radio station. Triple Nation is the name of the tribe. 610-267-215 All around the globe in every area code Online, on air, whatever the mode Days and nights, live or recorded Listeners rewarded with the rawness Keeping it flawless like a Batman plan Jedi flips or a Spider-Man handstand Peace to every geek we stand for From Kronos to the bottom city of Candor We about to catch wreck Turn up your set, black triples on deck. Y'all know what time it is. Black triples in your area. Let's go. Hey there, Triple Nation. How you doing? What's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Triple. Welcome to Black Tribbles on a Thursday evening. Coming to you live on YouTube slash Black Tribbles and Facebook Live slash Tribble Nation. As always, we got a fun show for you tonight. Trying to, you know, cure, you know, give you a little bit of distraction from the, the craziness of the nowadays. And joining me, I have my fellow Tribble over there. Uh, introduce yourself, bro. Man, the myth, the legend, Master Triple E Mac in the building, still alive, still awake, still here, still with you. Are you with me? What's up? I'm rocking. What's going on? And tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very, very special guest on the stream for you, coming to you all the way from Portland, Oregon. He is the man behind the <laughs> Geek in the City blog and radio show and podcast and. He he is just the geek about town in Portland. He is so much the number one geek in Portland that they named him the number one geek. And then they stopped giving out the award. They said, you know, there is no. it It is him. It is him until infinity. And he has come here to Tribble Nation to talk about being a geek, to talk about Star Trek, which I think. I have a I have a guess maybe his number one geek and about a, a whole bunch of other stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Aaron Duran on the Black Triple. Uh, thank you, man. That's a great intro. That's the best intro I've ever had. <laughs> well, you're, you're also, welcome. well, way to do that deep dive and find about the uh, they ended the ended the category with me. That is how many people bring that up. That is sweet, man. I mean, look, I mean, you shut it down. You literally can say you shut it down. I still get grief about that from people who think I cheated. I was like, no, people just voted for me. I didn't cheat. Why would they think that you cheated? Also, how do you cheat at that? I, that's going to be my question. How? Yeah. Yeah, you can't <laughs> cheat for that. Buy it. True story about that event, though. I still went because they had like a party for everybody who won that award at that local paper. I still went to it. They mm-hmm. didn't let me in. They didn't let you in? No. They said, uh, we're sorry. You're not on the list. I'm like, here's the clipping right here from your newspaper. They're like, yeah, you're not on the list. Wow. So I just left. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> yeah. Like, we know you, but we don't know you? We're like, well, I mean, we were kind of hoping that, like, more respectable, like, pop culture writers were going to win this award, not the guy who talks about, you know, Transformers and Star Trek. They're like, ah, well, that's who won. Sorry. They're like, yeah, can you? No. 
But this was two thousand. This was two thousand eight, two thousand nine, right? Uh, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Geek culture had already, or was very much on its way to becoming pop culture. I mean, they are synonymous with one another right now. Oh yeah, it very much was. But I think at the time that that paper still. It was one of Portland's alt weeklies, you know, and mm-hmm. it still kind of wanted to seem like it was, you know, more edgy and covering, you know, and covering more important topics and stuff. And I was, you know, I was the guy that was writing about, like, you know, how come there's no gay people in Star Trek? <laughs> you know, because that was right when, like, different states were, like, voting on the gay marriage bill and stuff. Yeah, so yeah, I wrote yeah. this, I wrote this whole, like, long, nerdy rant about how, you know, if you were trying to explore sexuality in the time of Star Trek that data was the perfect person to do it with because he has no like ego that gets involved mm-hmm. and he's functional in multiple techniques. Right. And then you could just like order him to never say anything ever again. That way you can figure out if whatever you're into, but he can't tell anybody. So like, that's what, that's the kind of crap I was writing. And they're like, no, we wanted this topic to be covered a little bit more seriously. I'm like, well, all right, that's sorry. It's what I do. See, see, that's interesting that you're talking about sexuality in in Star Trek. I mean, this is 2008, years before I remember. March 50th, 2008. I remember remember, uh, distinctly early in the days of Next Generation, where be like kind of like in the background, you would see men on the starship walking in skirts the scants yeah yeah no that and that was all roddenberry's idea he felt like that in the future um that kind of like physical presentation mm-hmm. would not be it would not be gender specific and i think it started because he got a lot of grief in the original series of having those really short short skirts that like uhura oh, and yeoman rand were wearing so i think out of spite he just said all right if i bring this show back men get skirts too and then he created a whole story around it, but you know, I mean, whatever. Good for I mean, the guy was like on one hand was really good and open about human relations when it came to sexuality and, and race relations and, and social standings. But on other times he was also just kind of a freak that was just trying to justify his need to sleep with anything with a pulse. Anything with a pulse. Anything. Anything. Yeah. 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 It I I um I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know if folks have ever watched Chaos on the Bridge, the documentary that Shatner did about the first two seasons of Next Gen. First off, it's fantastic, but they literally show a woman who was Roddenberry's assistant for like 30 years. Her log line says Gene Roddenberry's assistant and mistress. Like they didn't even hold it back. They're no. like that was it. That's what she was. No. Like, they know who she is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so. well, I mean, if you haven't seen that documentary, and I and I did see that documentary, almost any book that you read on the history of Star Trek, and you know some maybe a little bit more salaciously, but they all kind of touch on the. Uh, I'm just going to say it: abhorrent social behavior and personal life of Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, and especially during that era, like he was kind of on the decline. Like his health was bad. Yeah. Uh, even by his own family's admission, he was drinking a lot by then. Mm-hmm. Around the uh, time of Next Generation. Around the time of Next Gen. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. But I mean, I give that documentary credit. Like it doesn't try to sugarcoat that, like, 
yeah, he created this beloved franchise, but he was still human and had every flaw that a human has. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate that. Yeah, I appreciate that, too. Uh, we're going to be talking about Star Trek a lot, ladies and gentlemen. So we invite you to send us your 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 thoughts, your your ideas, any questions that you have for us or for Aaron. Um, we're going to be holding off getting deep into the Star Trek because, the, uh, you know, the first first triple of Trek. Kennedy, the storm triple, she is actually racing to my bi- my place right now so that she can be a nice, safe social distance away from me, but also be able to <laughs> chime in on the show. So we're going to hold back on that. We're waiting for her to arrive. I'll probably have yeah, to. Yeah, you know, it's going to be like a stiff arm, like the whole time, just like. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. She's I a- hope you got your, I hope you, you got your arm stamina up. <laughs> She's Remember, a- you got to say two. You stay two lightsabers away. That's exactly six feet. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. E is the is the Star Wars guy, the Master Triple. Oh, well, I don't want to step yeah, on that. Then, yeah, thirty six inch blade. So yep. yeah, that's a good measure. Yep. He is accurate. Yep. Oh, okay, but that's the blade. How long? So I guess what? So if the blade and two blades well, are the health vary. Okay, all because right. The health is the custom part. Yes. Yeah. All you right. can choke oh, up on know. the hill. Depending okay. on what your fighting oh, stance is. Okay. All right. All right. There you go. Two lightsabers away, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you want to do. So if you have comments, thoughts, and questions, hit us up on YouTube. Hit us up on Facebook. We'll check them out. We'll see. We'll see them both. Um, and we'll be able to uh, you know, comment with you. All right. All right. Uh let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Oh. Aaron, I'm yeah. curious. So in this world of the, you know, the world coming down, how are you spending this time indoors? What's what's hashtag quarantine life for Aaron Durant over there in Portland? Uh, it's not the healthiest quarantine that I'm having. Oh, uh, I already enjoyed the adult beverages as it was before we got quarantined and locked in. Right. And I have probably easily doubled my intake. Oh, Aaron. It used to be like, you know what? I'm not going to have a beer until the afternoon. I got some work done. And now I look at the clock. I'm like, well, I mean, I could have a breakfast stout. That's fine. Go. That's <laughs> like drinking oatmeal. Already. I deserve something. Yeah. I, it's like, you know what? I woke up this morning. I got out of bed. That's a huge accomplishment. I'm going to have a go. stout. Yeah. You need your motivation. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of, I mean, I already work from home. So a lot of the stuff for me didn't change. Okay. Um, okay. The one thing that big change is I lost almost all of my clients. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I a, yeah. Cause I, I did a lot of freelance marketing and since they're not open, they're like, we don't need marketing cause we don't have a business anymore. So you're great, but uh, we're out. Oh snap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, this, I guess this is kind of hard on freelancing. Like, cause my, <laughs> yeah. fr- my freelancing is uh, actually, podcast producing so i've actually picked up a couple of clients because <laughs> i've started doing that so so lan i'm gonna hit you up later about how you're making that work because i've been uh i've had some folks reach out to me i'm like yeah no you can pay me to produce your show yeah all right yeah most definitely man I, um i've gotten it. lucky i still have a couple of publishing contracts and they haven't given me that pencils down order i got a okay. lot of friends who work in comics that are like got the pencils down order um yeah i know i know yeah I, I'm curious. I've seen um, speaking about the comics business. Uh, DC Comics recently has announced. I think was it this week that they put out a, um, a few books. 
they were going to, or they're about to put out some books through another like distributor or something like that. Yeah, I've got, and I heard they got. Some I was books. really, I was really excited about that first because I've been. I mean, I used to manage a comic book store here in Portland. Uh, I've been writing comics for off and on, semi-professionally for like a decade now. Right. And so I've had to deal with Diamond. And like comics is the only industry that literally the one company has a monopoly on distribution of everything. I know. And it's and it's maddening. So when I saw DC's announcement, I thought, this is fantastic. Like they're breaking off the shackles of Diamond. There's going to be some variety. It's going to help out stores. Until I realized that DC is basically hooking up with two major, basically the number one and number two retailer. Right. I was like, wait a minute, that's like, that's like if you're a mouse trying to make a living and the and the cat is the one who's giving you the cheese now. Yeah. Right. Like that's I was like, okay, maybe this isn't a good idea, DC. Come on. I mean, yeah, I saw and I saw like a lot of people were giving them, getting like they were getting like big backlash. Yeah, yeah. At that. I think the model th- to follow, and I think DC, if they were smart, could do very well with this, very, very well. If they follow the model of some of these, the more independent comic book um, companies like Black Mask and TKO, where they've worked out a situation where if you buy your, your books straight from them, they're breaking off 50% of it, of the proceeds to the comic book store of your choice you can you know like um tko has like a whole long laundry list of comic book shops there and i think black mass if you put it in the comments they'll yeah. break they'll break off 50 percent of the the proceeds dc could clean up if they did that yeah and I, i'm not sure i mean i can only assume that there's some strange kind of contract or legal reasons why because like you said yeah tko and black mask are I feel like from a consumer and a fan and a reader are being really smart about yeah. how they're handling this. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm honestly kind of surprised, you know, I mean, DC owns, you know, DC or I'm sorry, uh, Disney owns Marvel. Warner yeah. brothers is over DC. Right. Both of those companies have their own publishing arm. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that when this all, I'd be surprised when this all ends, if either Warner brothers or Disney doesn't realize like, wait a minute, we've got, we have our own distribution, we have our own publishing model. Why are we giving this company, this diamond company, any of our money mm-hmm. to sell our IPs? Right, right. And especially to sell it to, I mean, and, and just thinking corporate speak, to yeah. to sell it primarily to these smaller shops and stores, whereas we can reach out further. I mean, if they did change that model, it could be pretty damaging to the mom and pop comic book store. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's impossible for the mom and pop comic book shop to, to, to place their order through different companies. The only hindrance to that is that it just makes more work on someone that's already working way yeah. too hard to keep a shop running. True. I mean, I wasn't the owner of the shop I ran. I was just a manager mm-hmm. and I still probably averaged 55 to 60 hours a week. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't caring that much about, you know, I wasn't thinking about payroll or insurance. I was just keeping the store running. Yeah. And even then I was, you know, anyone who knows comics, you know, that monthly diamond catalog, I was taking it home every night or every, you know, getting ready for FOC, final order cutoff, you know, right, are people going right. to want this? Are they going to want that? Figuring out all the deals. And I think adding more distributors is going to make for more work. Right. But is that worth the trade off of having more control? 
Who knows? What, what do you think about the idea of possibly moving the business from floppies primarily to trades? Uh, man, you're kind of in my other wheelhouse right now. I go on and on. I'm on a couple of like Discord rooms where we talk about this all the time. Uh, I personally love floppies. I grew up with them. I was probably the last generation that shopped the spinner racks in my local bookstore, you know, my little mom and pop bookstore yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, my memories were spinning that rack, you know, and finding my issues and That's stuff. True. That's true. I love them. I love those memories. Um, but now also having been someone who has self-published and who's also worked with other publishers, and I now realize the overhead of that monthly floppy, mm-hmm. like there's just no money in that. That's right. It costs so much money to make that monthly floppy, but that floppy also keeps the shops running. Um, I personally, and this might get some comic book fans, you know, kind of annoyed at me or even some creators. I'm a big fan of that bigger, like kind of quarterly size book. Okay. Well, you're no longer doing the saddle stitch. You're doing perfect binding. Right. Uh, right. Just from a straight up like numbers, it's right. cheaper to do it that way. Yes. There's more There's more money for the writer, the artist, yeah, for everyone involved in the book. Yes. Their cut is bigger on that perfect bind than it is that saddle stitch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And the shelf life is longer for, for the comic book store. Yeah. It could sit on the shelf longer. Uh, you're not... There might be a bigger initial investment if someone's like, I don't know if I want to buy this thing. It's it's six ninety nine. It's like, yeah, but you know what? It's it's fifty plus pages. You're gonna get a full story out of it. It might have a cliffhanger, but you're still gonna get yes. You're still gonna have that sense of like, oh, I got a whole story. Now I do want to know what happens next. Right. You know. And you're right. If you keep it at that price point, about six ninety nine, that's what that's two dollars more than the average twenty seven page comic book now. Yeah. Yeah, if you're lucky. I mean, DC and Marvel average now 399 and I think the industry is right now 20 pages of content. You're right. That's right cuz there's a lot of ads yeah. and, and 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 junk in there. Yeah, so I mean I, me myself, I I hadn't even thought about the quarterly, but I am definitely trade model, trade model mm-hmm. guy. I I believe I I celebrate the floppies. I think floppies what you do is you make floppies just for the kids and for the the younger teens, maybe up to 13, 14, and yep. then everybody else, you you go trades. I like quarterly. I like the idea of quarterly, but yeah. I think if you're doing but if you go trades for everything else, there's enough books on the stand that you can keep a nice steady kind of flow of rotation going out. Yeah, uh, here's just here's just something that's kind of funny that I learned talking with some publishers and stuff. You mentioned like floppies are good for the kids. They don't buy them. Well, that's true. That's true. People who buy them, I don't know how, I don't know your age, Lamb. I'm like an early 40s now. Uh, <laughs> You're a young yeah, one. Lynn is way past that. I'm just saying. So that means you and I, we're the ones that still have the fond memories of buying the floppies. That's true. The kids that's aren't true. going into a comic book shop and picking up their monthly of, you know, Star Wars Adventures or Ms. Marvel and everything like that. They're buying traits. That's and they're true. Loving tra- and they're buying journals, the journal sizes. That's true. Um, yeah, it's. It, it's, it's us old nerds that are still like, I want my floppy every month. <laughs> Very true. It's us. <laughs> Very true. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to dip out. The doorbell is rung. So I've got to go and catch uh, uh, get Kennedy together. Hey, you two, y'all keep talking. I'll be right back. All right. All right. So, yeah, I guess we'll just uh, be back once he's uh, done with that. But, yeah, um, you're making me a little thirsty. I think I'm going to have to get me a drink myself in a little bit. 
you know, right. a little bit of a libation there, just so, yeah. you know, because I don't want anybody to drink alone. Oh, well, and thank we're you. we're all yeah. alone together. When so you're, when you're alone, it's alcoholism, but when it's with, fr- when it's with friends, then it's, it's just social. having a good time. There you yeah. go. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to let you drink alone. Oh, man, that's nice. Yeah, we definitely have to. Are you uh, watching Clone Wars? I, I see you're a little bit of a Star Wars fan, and you're everywhere with it. Oh, yeah, you saw the games over there? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I still haven't played. I've had those book games for two years. Can't find oh. anybody to play them with yet. Oh, I was about to say you have the time now, but you would need somebody to have it where they are, too, to right. do it this way. Yeah, it's just me and my wife, and she likes Star Wars, but not enough to play a board game with me. Gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. But, uh, yeah, no, I've been staying up on Clone Wars. Uh, what do you, how have you been liking it? Oh, I, I'm definitely liking it. It's definitely picking up now, too. Whew. Yeah, now that they got, like, Ahsoka coming back in there. And you I watched saw, the like, last it, episode with Ahsoka? Yeah, so I see uh, episode uh, Order 66 is coming. They started sprinkling that in there. I was like, man, they Ooh. even showed scenes of the Jedi's going to the, each individual battle. Yeah. Like I'm like, they're, no, all, they're in position now. So I'm like, oh my god, like it's about to happen. And that's heartbreaking too. I don't want to give spoilers away. I mean, I guess by now people know how everybody's Revenge... watching. Probably people, has a good idea. We know it. People know how Revenge of the Sith ends, but <laughs> which yeah. is a dumb to be like spoilers. But knowing that, like, that's the last time Ahsoka sees Anakin. That scene, and it's the... like the day of, like. Yeah, right. About to hit the fan. Yeah, like they're literally about to go save Palpatine over orbit of Coruscant. Over Coruscant, right? And I saw that moment, and I was just like, my heart just broke. Especially, yeah. I'm guessing Mac, like you watched Rebels, mm-hmm. so oh, yeah. I, I, that I don't want to add to. I know some people are kind of getting on the Rebels train now, but yeah, because apparently there's like a sequel coming to it. Wait, are they doing a sequel to Rebels? A sequel to Rebels, yeah. So because well, I know. It's going to be uh, Ahsoka and Sabine looking for Ezra. Mm. So, so, so that's the premise that I'm hearing so far. I mean, I'm down for that. Like, I thought, I don't know how much we want to talk about this on the podcast because I know a lot of people maybe haven't caught up yet. But mm-hmm. you know, I mean, be as sparing as you like. I'm just, <laughs> I, I have uh, no sympathy, but I'll follow your lead. Well, I mean, I don't care. It's your guys' show. You're guys going to get the hate mail. I mean, does that mean that the next like movie or whatever? Does it mean we're gonna get some we're gonna get some Thrawn and Ezra? Uh, possibly. I think we're gonna get some of that because that looks like a nice like the next buddy cop looking kind of. I could see that tandem going well, you know. What tandem y'all two talk? That's the weirdest like lethal weapon in Star Wars. It would be Ezra and <laughs> Thrawn. But yeah, that's right. I don't know if you know like uh, Rebels and all that, Lynn. Star Wars, no, no I, yeah. I, I tried. So we're talking about characters from that one. I tried. I, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I tried to start. I start. I I've watched uh, you know five episodes of Star Trek, uh, Star Wars Rebels. So which one? Okay. Uh, which character so you know are you talking the, about? The crew of the Ghost. Yes. You got Kanan and his Padawan. Yes. So uh, Kanan's Padawan Ezra, the, the last episode takes the guy Thrawn, his big antagonist. And um, basically, they zip off into the freaking unknown regions of space. Right. And they're just gone. Okay. They're just gone. Okay. And then conflict ends. And Thrawn's so one of the few people. EU characters who made it into the Disney acquisition. Yes. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Thrawn's yeah, it, right? Did anyone yeah, else make he it? He was definitely from the, um, he was uh, yeah, the Timothy Zahn books. Yeah. So he was definitely uh, the books first. He was Legacy or Legends. Right. But so yeah, so there's gonna be like a sequel to um to Rebels. We we're talking about that. So it's gonna be Thawne and Ezra off in the unknown regions working I mean, together. 
learning mutual respect for each other. So you you know, depending on each other for survival and such. <laughs> and we were talking about that whole camaraderie coming together at uh, that unusual duo. Probably my, my second favorite duo next to Mando and Baby Yo. Well, bless. We're gonna get some. We're gonna get Ahsoka and the Mandalorian. So season two, cannot Woo! wait. Cannot, cannot wait. wait. Oh yeah, um, isn't that supposed to be uh, Rosario Dawson? Dawson? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but there's been some. I heard people are like, you know, maybe Rosario Dawson, but this should be like voiced by Ashley Eckstein. I don't know what the people. I mean, I could see that, but if it's not, that's fine. I'm not worried about Ashley Eckstein. She'll be fine. She'll be just fine. And yeah, I like Ashley. I mean, I love her vocal performances. I don't know what her screen presence would be as Ahsoka, but. I've actually had this argument for a few for for some time now. The way Dave Filoni always imagined Ahsoka, mm-hmm. if he ever imagined her being played by a live character, he uh, no disrespect to Ashley, I love her, but I don't think Dave Filoni ever imagined a, a white person playing Ahsoka. I'll give you that. Ladies I think and- he always saw a person of color playing Ahsoka. I think I, it's and I don't hear that voice coming out of Rosario's face. That is true. I, I'll he give you that Ahsoka, one. Yeah. You know? I hear you. But we're going to get, it's going to be older Ahsoka, so maybe that's how exactly. they justify it. Yeah. That's another reason I think it would be, it would make sense to not be Ashley. Yeah, in her like Gandalf outfit. <laughs> right. That would be awesome. <laughs> All, right. The whites. All right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> uh, um, we're about to get our Star Trek on because she's here. She's there. Oh, there she is. Am I? Hi, what's up? Triple Nation, what's good? It's your girl Kennedy, also known as that Mikey Chick, better known as the Storm Triple, coming to you live from the 215 till the day I die. Even, especially because it's Thursday night. night. <laughs> hey, hey, K-Bells, uh, yeah. where you are by the door, there should be another light. You might be able to turn that, that might, that'll turn on those big lights up top. That All might right. give you a little bit more light on, on you. I saw you kind of looking around. Just a, what happened to each shot? No, sudden he's like a. Baby. He said he had to go get another drink. Oh, you've inspired. He didn't want me to drink alone. <laughs> I'm about to say you must have inspired him. Not that he needs much in- inspiration. No. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you turn on the light behind oh, you. You guys get to see my butt. All right. Well, it's that well, kind I of show didn't... tonight, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh. There's literally nothing I can say that won't be taken badly. <laughs> Just gonna keep quiet. We're having fun tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Special guest Aaron Duran here on Black Tribble, streaming live on Facebook and on YouTube. Everybody's wondering uh, what brand of beer. You're drinking a cider. Did you tell people what cider you're drinking, uh, Aaron? Uh, I can show it if it's cool. Go ahead. We don't, we don't care. So I'm drinking a Rev Nats hard cider. It's a cider house here in uh, Portland, Oregon. Nice. I don't know if you can get it over uh, where you guys are at. I'm not sure yet, but... Does this, did I say Reverend? Did I see Reverend? Yeah, he, his, his cider company is called Reverend Nat. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. That's a lot. Uh, okay. E, people are wondering what beer people are drinking. So what be, What are you drinking, E? Only beer we're drinking. Golden Monkey. 9.5% by volume. Here's, Victory Brewing. Local. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Aaron. What you don't realize is that... It, E was only introduced to Golden Monkey, I think, by Kennedy, like maybe two years ago. Nah, it was like yep. five, bro. Was it about five years it was ago? A <laughs> okay. Yeah, long five years ago. 
all I know, all I know is that up to that, he was a strictly Captain Morgan's guy. That was it. He was like beer. Oh, I ain't got man. time for. I ain't got time for beer. I graduated from college. He got introduced to Golden Monkey, and every time you go over E's house, E there's like a case. There's like a case. A Golden Monkey at his house. He was like, well, you know, also oh, I'm gonna be the Golden Monkey right now. The liquor store is out. You know what I mean? I've seen Golden Monkey, but I have I've yet to try it. Can't get what? it out here. Really? We might ship you a little something. That, well, it, you know what? I'll send you guys a care package. We'll do a swap. Yeah. Nice, nice. Is, is Victory a local company? I didn't think that they were local like that. I thought their distribution was a little better. Uh, I think they're local. I'm pretty sure. Maybe. Mm. I don't know. I could be lying. Aaron, I got to say, I'm surprised you're drinking somebody else's beer. Don't you homebrew? I do. I've got a lot. That's all bottle aging right now. None of it is ready. Uh, you gotcha. are a home brewer, Aaron. You buried the lead, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm just one freaking walking Portland cliche, man. Like, I read, com- <laughs> I write comics. I write books. I podcast. I make my own beer. And you have a beer. Make my own bacon. I mean, everything about me. I'm one giant Portlandia sketch, man. Wait a minute. You said you make your own bacon? I do make my own bacon, yeah. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) (laughs) You had me at bacon. Tell me more about that. It's not that hard. It's actually pretty easy. You just go down. If you got like a local butcher shop or anything, you just buy yourself some pork belly. (laughs) I thought you were going to say. Now, if we can find a whole hog. Like, I'll go with you to shoot them, and we could hunt them, and that way we got to farm the table to bacon. You see what all I'm right. saying? That's the best of all worlds. Okay, right? now hold on. We can go down this road, Mac, but here's the thing. So first off, I've hunted pig before. Of course you uh, have. Yeah, that, of course I have. No, right. in Oregon, on eastern Oregon, they've got, they've got wild pig, but they're not indigenous to the area, so they kind of destroy everything. Right, they are pestilence. We'd be yeah. So if you know one of the, if you know if you know a rancher and get permission to shoot on his land, you can go take out some wild pig. Here's the only bad thing about wild pig. First off, it's the most delicious pork you will ever have in your life. But okay, it's super lean, so you can't make bacon out of it. They don't have enough fat. Oh, yeah. Mm, these ghetto pigs. <laughs> oh, they're delicious. And all it cost me was a bottle of Maker's Mark and Sprite. That's what the farmer wanted. He's like, God, I, I like me some Maker's Mark and Sprite after church. So just leave that on my porch and you can go hunt my land. Nice. Deal, sir. Deal. <laughs> oh, my God. That's how you got to work it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm and they mad. are local to downtown. Yeah, I'm mad. You show up at this at, at this uh, this joint literally with a receipt for some sprite, and he just stamps license on it, and you get to go shoot. <laughs> yeah, no, he was a he's a cattle rancher, and the only rule he was like, just remember, if you shoot one of my cows, I'm gonna charge you full price. <laughs> Ow! I said, what yeah. if we don't kill it? He's like, no, even if you shoot it, I'm gonna charge you full market price. I was like, what happens if we shoot one of the bulls? He's like, oh, son, you can't afford the bulls. Don't shoot a bull. (laughs) But the last time I went out, this one farmer, this rancher, was clearly really lonely. So when we were done, like, we we actually, we, like, bagged a pig, friends and I. And we went to go thank him again for, like, letting us use his land or whatever. And we had it all wrapped up and whatever. And he's like, hey, I, uh. I just had this new hot tub installed. You boys want to hang out a little bit? And we're like, no. No, we don't, no, no, man. That's all deliverance. So uh, I appreciate I'm you guys use your land. You enjoy that sprite, Maker's Mark, but uh, we're out. This just gets keeping weirder and weirder. First of all, Wait, how about that battle with the into on your way out? First of all, 
Yeah. Like I understand bartering alcohol for services. Totally. That's all we're doing right now. But the Sprite? (laughs) Right? Just the random, the random Sprite. That's, I wouldn't even put Sprite with Maker's Mark. That's like, what I didn't well, get either. That's no, I'm with you. That's what I thought was weird. I was like, who has Sprite and Maker's Mark? Or he just was out of Sprite and he likes Maker's Mark. Maybe. So give me Maker's Mark. Oh, yeah. Can you bring me Sprite too? Just because yeah. I'm out of Sprite. It was, also, it was also weird that he was very specific that that was his after church drink. <laughs> Every Sunday. I mean, I mean, I like a good after church mimosa so i can't even be mad at him on that one i just i just the fact that it was like hey you can shoot a pig on my land just give me a bottle of liquor and some sprite that's what he wanted somehow turned into hey you want to get into this jacuzzi i just bought like sir you're a stranger like like, how much was he into the bottle i don't i mean there's there's nothing going on in eastern oregon there's nothing out there except except meth and nazis and we try to like avoid both of those bag the hog, You might want to hold that off a little bit. Yeah. Take a dip real quick before you get in that car. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, no. I, I, I mean, no, I, I'm making it sound super fun. There's still some creepy stuff out there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, I can believe it. You said. And I'm just brown enough to where I would not be welcome if either of those showed up. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like I, when you shot the pig, before you shot it, was it like all pigs matter? Or like, how did that? How did that work? I, I mean, it was just if running. Not, we just, we just, it was, it was just running. If it's Nazi territory, I imagine the livestock adopts some of those ideas um, as well. No, nah, pigs, pigs don't care. They're just trying to live their life, but they do destroy everything. So Wild boar. I'm going to eat your potatoes and build a wall. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Okay. All right. But it did make some delicious carnitas a few days later. So mm. I made some killer tacos. You're just a, 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 a man of the of the of the earth, Aaron. <laughs> Something. That's what it sounds like. Well rounded. Just a well rounded nerd kind of thing. Okay. All right. They drinking Maker's Mark. Um, uh, Parties at Aaron's house, apparently. Well, yes. Uh, Come on over. It's good to go. We're good. Before we before we started, he he has the cider on one side. Off camera, he has his uh, James Tiberius Kirk whiskey. Mm-hmm. That oh, is that what that is? Oh yeah. yes, oh yes. Uh, might as well, might as well show them the bottle. Might the as vintage well... Kirk. Oh, that's a good year. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. That was a good year. Nice size bottle, James. So he is, uh, he is feeling it, feeling it good. Yeah, a little bit. Aaron Duran. Okay, uh, so Aaron, real quick, we, I fit, I feel like, I feel like we've gotten the secret origin of Aaron Duran right now, but um, I'm just curious. I was born in the field, hunting hogs. <laughs> Killed it with my bare hands. <laughs> you go to the store to take it, Mr. Wayne. I was just about to go there. <laughs> I was born. I was, I was born on this land. I eat it with my hands, Mr. Wayne. <laughs> Well, it still un- breathes. I didn't unwrap bacon until I was a man. <laughs> you merely adopted the pork. I was born to it. I was born to the pork. <laughs> when I finally had a sliced meat, it was just blinding. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, God. Okay, so... Oh. Before the bacon, before the the, the <laughs> right. East, East Portland bacon, uh, and and everything, where did uh, Baby Aaron develop first develop 
this geek uh, fascination? This, where'd your uh, geek start? I mean, I, I always kind of, it was always kind of like part of me. Uh, my mom is a big Star Trek fan. My mom yeah. used to like run home from school and watch Star Trek. Uh, even my abuela was like into Star Trek, even though she called it Star Trek. Even to this day, she calls it, Mijo, are you watching the, the new Star Trek? I'm like, yeah, yeah, abuela, I am. She's like, yeah, I don't know where I can't. I turn on CBS, but it's not there. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's, like, it's CBS All Access. What's that? Never mind. I'll just send you the DVDs when it comes out. It's just not worth it trying to explain it. Um, so, yeah, my mom got me into Trek pretty early and that's really where it started there's yeah. actually a picture of me some i just turned 44 there's a picture of me i'm technically in line for star trek the motion picture like my mom's like holding me so i would have been Whoa. whatever two years old wow in line wow. for star trek the motion picture so i have been there like you know you aged that. three years by the time yeah. it was over. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. When I came out, I could shave. Right. <laughs> yes, yes, with the rest of us, yes. I was sporting the McCoy beard at the end of a Star Trek The Motion Picture. It was a nice one. That's McCoy's best look. It should come mm -hmm. back. I agree. Very true. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Like, I just grew up with it. Um, I've got so many great memories of various kind of nerd stuff. Um, what was it mom, about What was it about Trek, though? I mean, yes, it's one thing to be introduced by your fam, your your family into something. Yeah. But there still have to be something about it that grabs hold of you. You know what I mean? So what? A, uh... um, yeah. I mean, I kind of liked all sci-fi and I still do. Mm -hmm. um, I think the thing about Trek and I, you probably hear this from so many Trek fans that the answer is super cliche, but it's the, the belief that, that we do better in the future. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That we don't ever stop exploring. We never stop asking why, and even though problems still come up, like we find ways that don't always involve shooting somebody. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good Star Trek battle. It's fun. Right. It's great. It's right. exciting. But Star Trek battles are like dugout fights. They very rarely happen but when they do. They're extreme. Oh, they're extreme and they're super intense. And they even suggest that like the stakes are really high. Right. Mm -hmm. right when there's right. a Star Trek battle. That's why they avoid it as long as they can. And I, and I think that's part of it. I just... Um, yeah, it's the idea that we can we can be better. Mm -hmm. um, there is something very inviting about that, or, or enticing. Yeah, and even though it, it wasn't much, and I and I joke that it took another like forty years before <clears throat> we saw anyone Hispanic on Star Trek. The fact that that entire cast wasn't white, whether I acknowledge it or not, or realize it, but at six years old, like that clicked with me. Okay. Whether I knew it or not, and I probably right. didn't at that age. Right. As an adult, I can look back and acknowledge that. But I mean, there's there's clearly something there to that too. Okay, all right. And you said you became a fan of like everything sci-fi, all types of sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. And and then you eventually took into becoming a writer. Was it all? Did you want to be a writer even at a young age, or did that kind of came over time? <laughs> no. So at a young age, what I, did you want to uh, be? I wanted to be an, at a young age, I wanted to be an engineer. Oh, because from when I was a really little kid, my favorite character in Star Trek was Scotty. Okay, uh, because he got to crawl into like little tight corridors and save the ship in the nick of time, crawling through the Jeffrey tubes. And he was so like, the well, longest... he could be sassy with Kirk too. He could be sassy with Kirk. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to be an engineer, and he liked uh, whiskey, found... huh? And he, he liked whiskey. Like whiskey. 
The problem is that I found out that to be a real space engineer takes an insane amount of math and science, of which I'm garbage at both of those things. <laughs> so I realized, wait, I could write about being a space engineer. That would work out a lot better. Ooh. Ah. So that's where I shifted to, yeah. Ah, aha. Yeah. And what got you, uh, what was your first published writing? Um. Uh, so many he's got to figure out which well, one well i'm trying to like very first one like what what counts as published i mean some people actually true but some people believe it or not i don't believe this but think that their first published writing was hey i was published on the letter page of iron man 156 i'm like that's not published to me <laughs> but we, we can't all be uncle elvis on that one you know what i mean but i mean yeah. but uh, who knows like uh my first published writing was in college a lot of people's first published thing was in in college i got published a comic strip in my college newspaper you know what i mean uh so in uh well this is gonna sound so in junior high uh our local newspaper was gonna publish fiction written by local students okay <clears throat> And they picked mine, and I wrote a fan fiction Indiana Jones story. Oh wow! And I still remember it. It was Indiana Jones and the Key of Cortez. That's what I. That's what I called it. Nice, nice. Yeah. nice. So yeah, I think it would have been seventh grade. It was published in a local newspaper. Oh, that's cool, um, man. Although extra nerdy, my first fan fiction ever was a Mary Poppins sequel. Oh wow! Oh, I'm a, yeah. That's a deep cut. Why Mary Poppins? Yeah, it's a Poppins? super deep cut. Why? No, in my in my head, Mary Poppins comes right back, and her and Bert go on adventures. That's that's just what I wrote. They just went on adventures together. Hmm. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, seems legit. It seems yeah. legit, actually. That's, yeah. This is not like yeah. really extreme. This seems like right. yeah. you clean chimneys. You're gonna dip with Mary Poppins. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, sorry, I can't help it. Like, I, I was looking back at old nerd stuff. I'm like, really? I wrote Mary Poppins fanfic? Okay, fine, whatever. Wow. See, so you were a Mary Poppins fan. That's that's the interesting part. Yeah, I'm that's still what that a Mary means. Poppins fan. I still love that movie so much. I don't care. I know how bad his accent is, and his accent is awful. Yeah, but it's uh, Dick, Dick Van Dyke. He's a national treasure. He's great. I know. I love him. Uh, but my mom used to tease me for the longest time when they used to show that Mary Pop when they used to show Mary Poppins on TV a lot. I never made it past um, about two thirds of the movie. I would always fall asleep because mm. like Wonderful World of Disney would wrap would like start at like eight o'clock and go until midnight. That's true. With all the yeah. commercials, so I never made it to the end. I don't think I saw the ending of Mary Poppins until they could get it on video when I was like twelve. Wow! Wow! Yeah. For me, the movies always ended with the chimney sweep scene. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I mean, they've all. Well, no, because the, the super expialidocious comes after the chimney sweep scene, right? No, before. No, before. It's when they jump into the painting. Ah, uh, that's how that shows you how long it's the, been since I've seen it. Yeah, the chimney sweep is right before Mr. Banks gets fired. Bro, I don't even remember that. I'm going to have to watch this again. I'm going to have to pull up on Disney Plus because I'm like, Mr. Banks lost his job. Also, I'm going to admit right now, and probably because I'm two ciders and half a whiskey in, mm -hmm. to this day, when I hear uh, when I hear the song Feed the Birds, I will still tear up. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, the no, one I always... Kills um, me every time. Had to skip. I couldn't yeah. do... That really, like the slow version. I don't even remember saints, that song. The saints looking down and thanking you. I'm like, oh, God. Don't stop it. Don't do it. I'll start crying. Toppins, 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 a bag. 
Yeah, no, don't. By the way, me and Aaron are like weird, not twins. Right, yeah. Weird. We were talking and apparently have a whole list of things in common. It's, yeah, it's a little random. terrifying. Speaking of Disney, you had some really great shots of uh, your time at Disney World. Was that your first time or? Oh, Disneyland? Oh, no. Disneyland. I, Sorry, I, Disney. So I was born in Southern California. And up until I was probably about 10 or 12, the bulk of my family still lived down there. So like every summer we went down there. Gotcha. So I spent a, I've spent a lot of time at Disneyland. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell from the photos. You were all like, like it was your oh, first but, time. Oh what yeah, is every time like? is my first time for me. Like I never <laughs> stop getting. I think there's probably a picture of me with my mom and I abuela, and I'm like six years old, and I'm like, ah, and it's the same face I make now when I'm when I'm down there. Um, in fact, this entire like COVID nineteen with what it's done to the parks has really messed with my head. Really, like that's, that's what's made it all feel real to me. Like not the government, not businesses. The fact that like Disneyland is empty is what messes with my head a lot. Cause it's just it as sappy as it is, like that's like my as you know, that's my happy place in a weird way. Like as curmudgeon and cynical as I can be, like I walk through those front gates of Disneyland and that all goes away. All of it. And I'm just 10 years old. Wow. You know, yeah. that is real though. That is the magic of that joint, man. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. They're all about making money. I have no illusions to like what their job is, but when I walk through those gates, don't care. They yeah. do it so well. I've yeah. only I can't relate. I've only heard tales of the mystical, mythical Disney parks. All right. When it finally opens, I'll take you. <laughs> That'll be cool. Yeah, I mean, whatever. Okay. All right. Well, no, I, 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 I see who I have to send a uh, document of uh, this recording to. Um, <laughs> we transferred this over to Kennedy for as as uh we can go build lightsabers. Ooh. Yay. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you lost her on that one, dog. I lost her on that one. Don't worry. There's plenty of other things. She'll, she'll be over on DuckTales, man. You'll be, you, you can chill there. Oh. <laughs> she'll be on DuckTales. And I don't say that because lightsabers aren't cool. Because lightsabers are admittedly fucking yeah. cool. But for me, because they're not actual lightsabers... It's a stick that's really well. Because you can't actually cut someone in half with it. I just, I don't even need it to be a functional lightsaber, right? I just need the, for something, the harness, the technology where a beam of light can come from a thing and it just be a beam of light. That's you know fair. what I mean? Not have to worry about actually hurting anybody. Because that's, you know, who wants to do that paperwork? The that's sound cool. is cool, though. Sounds really cool. My roommate plays, um, the, the, what Star Wars game is that right now? With um, the ball from, from uh, Shameless. As the lead, he plays Cal, the redhead dude. Oh, I still oh, haven't played uh, it yet. I know what it is. Yeah, my roommate's been playing that, and that's been pretty cool to watch. Um, and she's been getting like lightsaber upgrades and shit left and right. So, like in theory, lightsabers are cool, but unless mine can like, if I can turn the button and go home, then like, nice. what am I? It's a stick. Can I actually? I gotta come right back. Is that cool? No, go. No, ahead. Fine. I have to go. Come <laughs> right back. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. He's got he's got a pee break, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Yeah. Nature calls. Oh, cider. That's cider. When you're sitting there two fisting and eating homemade <laughs> bacon, something's got to go. Nature be calling. Um. So, have we started talking about this game? Are we attempting this game tonight? Because I've read through it. We haven't even started talking about it yet. All right. So we were trying to like hold off. I actually was about to 
take that dip over Check into Star Trek because I didn't even want to go hard Trek until you got here. I appreciate that. Well, didn't course. even go that way. It was like Disneyland lightsabers. It's like, oh, right, because I was I was actually about to go there, and you said, "Well, lightsabers, fucking cool." I was like, "Okay." Stay I mean, they are cool. Like, they are. What is it cool about a lightsaber? To be know? honest, though, I, I have to be honest. When they announced that they were going to do this whole Star Trek, I mean, Star Wars park and, and everything like that, I literally thought, okay, now is the time. If anybody is going to have the technology, right? Disney has the technology to do exactly what Kennedy said. A staff that at least just gives you a beam of light. You know what I mean? And you, cause you can always put the noise in there. I think they have some that actually do have the noise. Yeah. It just gives you a beam of light. I'm surprised that is not already on the market, even if it is two, $300. I mean, feasibly, it's pretty hard to engineer because I've talked to friends about it. They have the lightsabers like the ones that Eric has, where it's like a tube that can contain right, right. the light. The thing about light, because it exists both as a particle and a wave, if you were to have a, a lightsaber hilt, and just have light protrude out of it, it would just go infinitely. Yeah, that's what um, I was thinking. Yeah. So it would either, yeah, if, if, if you can even, if you can manage to direct the stream so that it is cylindrical in that right. way, it would still just keep going. We're talking yeah. about the logistics of building a, a non-lethal lightsaber. You missed it. <laughs> I saw someone online who actually built one. See? But they, what? well, but it wasn't a beam. They got, they got like a bar of tungsten steel up to something like 2000 degrees. Oh, well, we'll see. No, 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 no. That's that's, that's not that's not. That healthy. reminds me of that episode of the Venture Brothers where he pulled out a lightsaber and the kids were like, "Whoa!" And he's like, "No, they didn't buy it because they didn't want something with actual moving parts." And <laughs> right. the movement and cuts them to the <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> Yeah, that tungsten steel thing doesn't that doesn't that doesn't sound. Uh, it looks cool, but it actually feels more dangerous. The video I saw it actually looked like it might be more dangerous than that quote real lightsaber. I can imagine it's still a piece of heated steel. Well, and he's also wearing like a giant battery pack. Yeah, he's well, wearing like thirty pounds. It. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's too much. Yeah. Because how are you supposed to hide that in your Jedi robes? <laughs> you don't. Yeah, you can't move. No. You can't do any that's, of that cool shit. You're forced pulling everything because you're not flipping. <laughs> you're that's, not why the first, that's why the first technology the Jedi's had to create was a tiny battery because they were like, this shit's getting stuck in my robes all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can just see early Jedi fights. <sighs> 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 oh, oh, all right, all right. <laughs> Master Freya, how did you lose? Well, the cord got, stuck in, was. got stuck in my cape, and now it's just like God, man, battery cable. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Candy, this is for you. I poured one of my beers. Oh, what is it? This is the Maya uh, La Llorona Stout. La Llorona? Yeah. What, what's, what's, how'd you go about that? The 30-second pitch, because I want to play some games. Uh, it's uh, a lot of dark grains and some chocolate and coffee flavoring. See, that's what a stout needs. It needs mm -hmm. something like coffee or chocolate to kind of cut the bitterness of a... Sorry. See, this is what happens when you get two beer heads in a yeah. conversation. It's no, not no, too no, sweet. No. I didn't want to... So I basically, I wanted to make kind of a dry Mexican mocha, and that's what I did. Okay, okay. That's see, I'm not, I'm, see, I don't like, I, and I've tasted, like, some stouts that have, like, the chocolate in it, and I don't, I don't like the... Don't stouts like the, are definitely heavy. That is not, you don't drink a stout on a full stomach. What? It's what? just, it's just not No, because it fills it, your stomach. Oh, it's I definitely... No, go ahead, okay. I'll, I'll, go ahead. Yeah, it's definitely one of those beers that has 
has body to it. You know what I mean? You're just supposed yeah. to enjoy it for what it is. And you're right, Lynn, stouts can be really bitter and thick. And unless you cut it with something like chocolate or, or coffee, or some people cut it with peanut butter, which I think is kind of gross. But unless you cut it or, or add like fruit to it. It's fruits to it or uh, like rum barrel age it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's a festival that happens in a story, which is by Portland. It's where they film Goonies. Okay, yeah, yeah. There's a there, there's a brewery here there called uh, Fort George, and every Valentine's Day weekend they have a festival called Festival of the Dark Arts, where it's just stouts, like fifty to sixty different stouts. That's all it is. But it's also super. The, I basically tell people that like if House Slytherin threw a beer festival, that's what it looks like. Mm. Oh, that actually sounds kind of fun, though. It is pretty fun, yeah. Mm. And, and when is that? In the summer? February. February. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so maybe it'll happen next year. I hope so. Always looking we'll forward to people stay in the house. People, yeah, no shit. People are being in. I think I don't want to go there. Anyway, this yeah, is where no. I want to go. This is where I want to go. I want to have a little fun tonight. I want to have a little fun. Uh, and as a, a quick segue, you know, we, we uh, I don't even think we've even really talked about Geek in the City. And we'll get to that, you know, maybe a little later, Aaron. But we're about to have yeah. some fun right now. Because the other thing that we want to talk about is like there is this RPG games are big right now, and especially in even now, especially in the in the quarantine life, people are playing RPGs online like like crazy. And you, my friend, are playing Star Trek Adventures. I am. Yeah, I started this. So I've been in a group for about a year now, but I just started running this myself with a group via Zoom for like the past four weeks now yeah um just because we all need something to do no i feel you i feel it's funny we were just talking about you know star wars heavy and how there's a star wars um you know like amusement um area at disneyland and at disney world and anything and there's Mm -hmm. nothing like that in the world of star trek out there which to me is yeah, no brainer to ha- have happened. Not not anymore. There used to be the Star Trek experience in Vegas, right? Which right. I never got to go to, which still bumps me out to this day. But that was nowhere near on the level. It's not a theme that, park. Yeah. yeah it, oh yeah, no, no. It was still a casino where they just wanted you to get, you know, yeah, get, money get hammered machine. and throw money in. They, and, they want they want your your bars of platinum. That's I right. Feel like, I feel like Trek is inherently a little too cerebral to incorporate into a theme park experience. Um, unless they're exercises on diplomacy and respecting people as they are as people and not being prejudiced. <laughs> yeah, no, way. I'm, I'm, I'm with Ken- capitalism, you know, but yeah, no, I'm totally with Kennedy on this one. That's the hard thing. As much as I would love to walk into a quote, Star Trek land, I don't think they can ever do it. Really? It just, uh, I mean, maybe to an extent of like, Hey, we've recreated the enterprise and you just kind of walk through it. But yeah, like Star Trek is the future. But it's not like a world you create where you're like, oh, my God, I'm in Star Trek. Like, you could be like, I'm in a galaxy far, far away. You know what I mean? Like, it's totally right. different. Like, for a Trek RPG, I'm curious about what kind of conflict there are in it. You know what I mean? Because Trek doesn't have your typical oh, conflict. They did this, go retaliate, whatever, whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's, it's a whole different vibe to it. Oh, one yeah. One of the cool things I noticed when reading this this quick start here is, like, one of the first things they say, because they... they um explain it for folks as if you've never heard of Star Trek, right? And have no concept of what Starfleet is and what it represents. Which is smart. And they explain, you know, that it's its goal is to be diplomatic, is to be science-faring and exploratory in nature, but every once in a while you might have to throw hands. Yeah. So 
the, the game does a good job of saying that, you know, at least this is what I was able to glean, Aaron, please correct me if I'm wrong, that your missions here can either be, in the full scope at least, be either away missions, in which you are going to a planet where there might be hostiles and you got to deal with some stuff, or they're like firefights, because they do mention that the Romulans are still an issue, um, and that the Dominion is still a thing as well, um, or at least that the wormhole presents a threat because it has access to the Gamma Quadrant. So there are some grounds for conflict, um, but I'm I'm interested, like you are, Eric, because all that's like in theory that you can see a firefight, you can see a dogfight in space visually, but to play it out is like, yeah, like so the the game kind of allows for for any era. Uh, the Quick Start Guide definitely focuses on later TNG slash kind of Deep Space Nine era, and yeah, no, Kennedy's right. Like it is very much designed. Um. It's very much designed where the conflict is more moral and ethical than, um, you know, they shot me, so let's shoot them back. Uh, so much so that the game actually, I don't want to say, well, no, the game actually can has the mechanics involved where it almost penalizes the players if they choose um, like a, a lethal combat as their only means of solving a problem. Uh, if you're, say, you're on an away mission and you beam down to a planet and there's a group of people or creatures or whatever and they are initially acting aggressive towards you, if your first response is to draw phasers and vaporize them, the game has mechanics to penalize you for future events. Mm. The game definitely encourages people to find diplomatic solutions to almost every problem that is presented in the game, without, without a doubt. Um, well, that's cool. That's that's keeping in with the the ethos of yeah. Star Trek in general. So that's cool. Yeah, and what's what's also really interesting, the Quick Start Guide doesn't go into it as much, but there's pretty robust rules on starship combat, which are really fun. Uh, but it is also you can tell the game is again trying to discourage that. In that, the ships. For all the whole talks about like Star Wars versus Star Trek and the Death Star versus whatever, the way the ships are written in the Star Trek universe, they're just deadly and they're dangerous. Right. Um, the shows always kind of hinted at the fact that like one photon torpedo can burn the atmosphere off a planet because the way antimatter works. Mm-hmm. So starship combat is not is to be avoided in the game as long as possible. There's a reason why when you watch the show, if a ship's shields are down, one shot blows it up. Right. Like, So the interesting thing is that starship combat and even person-to-person combat is incredibly deadly. And I think that's an intentional mechanic of the game to discourage you from being like, well, shoot them. Like, that's the answer. Open fire. Right. Um because in Star Trek, violence is always going to be the last, the last recourse. That's the last thing you want. That's when you've everything else hasn't worked. Right. And if you can, I always kind of go back to super nerdy when I talk about how the, the how combat works. I also I always go back to in DS Nine, the way of the warrior when the Klingons are attacking the station. Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah, yeah and and Cisco just has DS Nine just open guns blazing don't be wrong as someone who loves to watch pew pew on tv 
Like that that space battle is phenomenal. What were you watching on TV? Can you say that again? What were you watching again? DS9. Pew pew. Yeah, DS9 has the best um external shots of all the series. Oh, Sacrifice of Angels is Yeah, I think there aren't enough chef kisses for that. Discovery and Picard try to get where DS9 was towards the end of that conflict, but that shit was lit like yeah. everywhere. I think Discovery is getting there, but DS9 is still king. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, but even in Way of the Warrior Part 2, you know, Klingon, the, you know, Gowron is just having the Klingon Defense Force just pummel DS9, right? But they're holding their own. So Cisco has that line of like, stop this now. The station has blown up dozens of Klingon ships. Mm-hmm. And it's still, but even then, it's like I that feel like raggedy it, ass station held together by two paper clips, some duct tape, a cupcake, and a prayer from Miles O'Brien, and a prayer from an Irishman who doesn't want to fucking be there. And you tell me that wouldn't make a fun place to visit in a in a in a uh, amusement park? I would love it. Yeah, the promenade would be the promenade good. would be good. Yeah, I'd do that. But yeah, the that's promenade. an example though, like that fight scene in Way the Wear Part Two. When when Cisco, even though the fight is still blazing, like Cisco says, like open a channel to Galron. Right. Let's end this before it gets worse. Right. Like no, let's stop. I don't give a fuck about you or your raggedy ass station. Pew pew fucking pew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Galron comes along available eventually. You know. Of course, of course. With those big ass eyes, he's like, and retreat to save an empire is no defeat. <laughs> I will um, see you again. Cisco. Cisco. <laughs> don't don't do that, please. Thank you. I love Robert O'Reilly. You know how bad I just want to talk to Kennedy now, just being like, it is good, just glory to you. And your house. And your house. And your house. <laughs> I end so many emails. I send um, I end so many text messages with that. And your house. <laughs> I um, and my mom's like, my mom's like, Miho, stop it. You are not a member of the house of Galron. <laughs> That's a shitty house. Yeah. I want to be a member of the House of Martok. That's the best house. I want to be a member of the House of Moog, and here's why. Kern had daughters, right? Which makes a whole Kern and Worf arc really fucking tragic because women can't hold positions of power in Klingon society. So what that means is that Kern got daughters, so one of them could come back and avenge the, the except, House of Moog. Except Kern gave up his house when he had himself completely reprogrammed, remember? He, he gave up his house. He gave up his house. He gave up his house. They're still there. Look, I'm not saying that I wrote fan fiction about why the Klingons took away a woman's power to hold on the Klingon council, but I totally did. Uh, um, it's totally, now that I'm seeing it, it's definitely because of Laurel and how she took control of shit in Discovery Time. They were like, oh. Oh, no, I see. I thought it was up for uh, Asit Boor. Who? After- from Star Trek Six, after Gorkin died and his daughter took over, because she's the one who brokered the peace treaty. So I might have wrote some fan fiction that was all about a young Kalar, Alexander's mom. No, I know. Oh, I know Kalar. You know Kalar. I don't have to explain it to you. Come so on, I wrote. An, I wrote an entire. I wrote an entire four issue series that's never going to see the light of day, where a young Kalar is going to a holodeck and she's speaking with Lorel and Azit Bor about how she doesn't feel the call of the warrior, but she still thinks that there's something about her that could help the Empire. So she's basically talking with them about how she could become a better Klingon and help the Empire forward. Mm. Mm. 
I'm a big nerd. This is this is the place for it, my friend. You are <laughs> you are amongst friends. Thank you. So yeah, I feel like the Klingons took the power away from women to sit on the council after as it bore because one could argue that the more conservative members of the Klingon Empire were very angry that they didn't go out in a blaze of glory because she ushered in the era of peace with the Federation. That's fair. Because men suck. Well, yes, they do. Even in the world of Star Trek. I I can say it. That's fine. I didn't say it. It wasn't me. I say it all the time. (laughs) They do. All right, so let's go. I got, my, I got my dice. Let's go. <clears throat> oh, so are we doing this? Let's go. Let's go. Did you make characters or are we just going to wing it? Um, I did not make a character. However, I can quickly assume the character if need be. So from what I've gleaned, and Aaron, again, please correct me if I'm wrong. I'm you a lot can of pressure sh- right now. No, you're good. Uh, you, you're oh, supposed nice. to cre- pick a character regardless of, like, you can pick whatever race you want. That's yep, true. Right? Feel free to mix it up a bit. Um, I don't know about rank, but position is all listed in the quick start. So whatever field you're in, whether it's security or comm or medical or whatever, um, and all like you have special skills as well that you can apply to your um, to your skill set that can be beneficial in conflict or really in any kind of situation. Yeah, yeah. So I'll say yeah. now that I I we need a healer, we need a medic. So who's going to be it? I was going to be a medic. Go grab my dice here. I wanted to be a medic. I need my dice. I can go grab some you dice. You want to be a medic? Yeah. So, you know, Do I'm going to give you guys some information. You guys are all stationed on Deep Space Nine. And you are... Of course. You are, you are 18 months into the Dominion War. And things are not going well for the Federation. Mm. Well, that's true. Okay. Well, that takes <laughs> my character out the door then. Oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. What was your character? We can make it work. Uh... I was going to be Klingon, surprise, surprise. Um, if I wanted to be extra spicy, I was going to be a Cardassian Starfleet officer, depending on what part of the time frame we are. But I don't see if that's happening. If we that can still happen because oh no, here's why: because uh, during this era of DS9, the Federation did not have a peace treaty with Ferenginar, and um, Nog was able to become a Starfleet officer. So Starfleet won't hold it against you wherever you come from, as long as you just, as long as you want to serve Starfleet in the Federation. Well, that's true. If you drink the Kool Aid, they'll take you. That's true. <laughs> that is damn true. That is damn true. Drink this. Drink some of this Tiberius whiskey, <laughs> and sign and sign here. Well, no. According to according to um, Cork, it would be root beer. Uh, yeah, right. It's insidious. It's insidious. It's is pleasant, bubbly. It's cloyingly sweet. I know, right? But eventually you start to like it. <laughs> Just like humans. 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 Okay, so no, I will be the healer. I, I, I like being healer. Okay, so we got a medic. Okay. Um, I imagine we need we need a comm officer. I we need somebody in command. Dice. Where are my dice? Hold on. Oh, give me that, please. So this is so much it. pressure. This is so much pressure for me. No pressure, none whatsoever, because this is a brief play and all that stuff. Eric, I okay. kind of want to mix things up. Okay. Right, right, right. You in command. <sighs> I could do that. Word. Let me ask, Chief. I got this. Not I can take I care of my crew and my ship. I don't care who it is. It don't even matter. Pop, pop, bang, bang. What you want to do? You don't want nothing with us. You better surrender. I'm going to give you a chance right now. One and only. 
Wow. So maybe he shouldn't be in command because we're yeah, all I mean, killed. I mean, Kennedy, if you want to put that guy in command, I don't see what could possibly go wrong. Exactly. But I'm here. Down for mine. I don't care who it is. Jim Hadar, Kardashians, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> so here's why I'm a right, I'm going to go find you guys a ship. Hold on. You guys discuss. Okay. Here's one or two. I'm going to need a backup. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the shuttle before. We got runabouts for that. Don't exactly. worry about it. Here's why I think. Oh man, it, my dice are, was, are packed away. Shoot. Oh man. Here's why um, it's funny to put Eric in a position of command because we all know Mac is of the Kirk school of captaining, which is shoot first and ask questions later. <laughs> and while that is not necessarily um, an advantage in this situation, it probably makes for great radio. So, <laughs> like. Do you guys pick something? What do you think, Len? Do you think Eric should be in command? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that. This is going to be the shortest mission ever because we all fit in to die. Eric will be like, what? What'd you say about my prime directive? Yo, son, see me. No, get up. We all get home alive. <laughs> Two tours. <laughs> Eric will be like, pussy, what? Listen, it's a good day to die. <laughs> every day, all day, every day, twice on Sunday. I'll let me. <laughs> all right, so Eric's in command. This is going to be hilarious. Okay. <clears throat> um, I guess I guess I will be. I'll pick science. You gonna be a science officer? I'm gonna be a science officer because I am gonna be a Cardassian. And Cardassian women generally are the scientists in their society. That's it's true. Cardass- yes, it's the Cardassian men that are dickheads. The military are the ones that you know yes. got to pee yeah. all over the galaxy. The Obsidian Order and the Cardassian military. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it a Cardassian woman that? Riker fell for. Well, Riker falls for everyone. What women didn't Riker fall for? A couple. He liked the non-binary. He liked yeah. all of them. It's true. He totally fucked that whole society up. He's like, "Oh, girl, you're a girl." She was like, "No, really, I'm kind of not." And he was like, "Oh, no, listen, I'm gonna I'm like, show you." Me, I know women. And I know what you is. He was like, "Hold on, let you know." He said, "Baby girl, so, I'm gonna show you." <laughs> you know that Frakes wanted that to be a man, right? Of course he did. Oh, didn't he? Yeah, no. Like Jonathan Frakes has flat out said when they were when they read that script, he said he's like, so the character that I fall for is going to be played by a man, right? And they're like, we don't know if we can pull that off. He's like, then you guys are being chicken shit about this. Mm. I can see that. I yeah. can see that. He's can... like, if we're going to really play with this message, then don't put a woman in this. Make it a guy. Like right. that's that's a better story. Man, yeah. Jonathan Frakes for the win. All right. So I'll be up... oh, sorry. Go ahead. I've got to think of a name for your ship, so hold on. You guys can discuss more. Yeah, we were supposed to be thinking about that. Do you think of the name, or should we think of the name? You can think of the name. I will tell you what it looks like, since this ship is now canon because of Picard. You guys okay. are now traveling. It's the Shran class that was Ooh. that first showed up in Discovery. So that's a smaller weapon, I'm, or smaller vessel, I'm assuming? It's a smaller vessel, but it's got armor plating. It can take some hits. Okay, so we need mm. a easy rider. But see, here's the, here's why it's cool because Eric you're gonna call this the USS Easy Rider. No, here's why because Eric, and here's where you get a chance to, to pick something cool, Eric. <clears throat> because Aaron was telling me that the game he's playing now, their ship is the USS May Jemison, mm-hmm. right? So if you can think of a black tactician, military hero, um, you know, whatever, 
Oh shit, the USS Hannibal. Hannibal Lecter? Or from no, the no, 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 Hannibal, the guy who conquered most of oh, Southern yeah. Europe. Yeah, that Hannibal. Yeah, that Hannibal. Hannibal. That's kind of cool. Or um, I was trying to. Th- I was thinking uh, Shaka. I was gonna say they've never mentioned what ship it is, but canonically there is a USS Shaka. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. Not that I've studied a bunch of ships logs before, because that would be nerdy it. as hell. I got it. It's the USS Nzinga after Queen Nzinga. She was a war hero. Who? Okay. Western Africa. I forget the nation, but yeah, she was lighting shit up left and right. All right, I'm gonna look her up. Who is what? that? Nzinga. N N Z I N G A, right? I believe so. If it's not an A at the end, it's an E. Don't quote me on it. That sounds good, but but I mean, E's the captain. We gotta we gotta, we gotta pass it up to the captain. We, we gotta kick it up to the captain. Oh, make throw. <laughs> He's waiting. Now I'm looking up in Nzinga of Nandongo and Matamba. Yeah. There you go. Oh, nice. Just like Darmok and Tanagra. It writes itself. Where the, the walls, walls fell. The walls fell. <laughs> All right, so there's our ship. USS Nzinga. Yep. That's got a nice ring to it, y'all. Yeah. Shran class. We come in peace, shoot to kill, shoot to Named kill. Named after Jeffrey yes, Coop, yes, we do. Shran class. <laughs> Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, reader, we got people Facebook following reader. us on Facebook and on YouTube, having a good time. Thank you very much. We are here with Aaron Duran of Geek in the City, straight out of the House of Portland, and we're about to get into some Star Trek adventures, it's an RPG. Get a little little fun on. Um, all right, I, I, all right. So, what's the next step? All right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I got a funny feeling. I got a funny feeling we're going to be doing this sometime this weekend as well. What you doing this weekend, Aaron? Uh, nothing. All right, cool. All right, we're going to be hitting you up, Aaron. Sometime wow. this weekend, we're that's going to fine. we're going to get bottles up. And, and I think I'm going to make some beer, but that's you know, <sighs> no brainer. Yo, you can't. You, 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 I was gifted some grain, so I'm going to make some beer. I got Amazon. Oh, what else you do with grain. I am focusing. I'm focusing on Aaron said focus. getting the Amazon Prime order of some of Aaron's beer. <laughs> All right. You ready? You on Amazon? <laughs> See? I'm just saying, because I do Amazon is everything. <laughs> I ain't trying to get I'm done with Amazon. I'm just saying I'm already a member. Jeff Bezos is ruining the world. I mean, why? With two-day delivery? Focus. Is that so wrong? Focus, focus. We are in, an, we are in a post-capitalist society right now fighting that's right i am focused being about the ride on jeff bezos with some gift cards (laughs) with some gift cards (laughs) all right here it goes i'm gonna throw you guys in okay star date 5172.5 you have just received orders of a strange uh, a strange transmission from deep within the beta quadrant Mm. you have been ordered by starfleet command to investigate these strange signals you have been told that you can bypass the warp five threshold and travel there at all speed. But that means we got to go past the fucking neutral zone. If it's in the beta quadrant, that's Romulan territory. Uh, you can, uh, uh, that's true. If you would like to contact the Romulan SR Empire and request permission to enter beta quadrant, you can do so. They're going to be like, fuck out of here. How long would it take to go around? A long time. Yeah. We gotta battle our way through some Romulans, y'all ready? All right. So if they're talk, if they're authorizing above warp five, then this might be emergent. 
Um, how how fast can a yeah, I, I think we should get there, I guess. This ship, uh, in this era, this ship has a maximum speed of warp 9.852. Oh, we out. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. I'm going to put some shit in the console real quick. I'm going to figure out, I mean, I'm going to plot a course. All right. All right wait, wait, wait. Before we leave, who are my officers? Because I know I'm captain, but who I got with me? You said you're <laughs> medical or is one medical and one something else? I'm medical. Who are my officers? I'm medical. It's one captain and two doctors. You guys have some more skills. All right, so I won't be a scientist then. I won't do that since we have a, a, a medical professional. You're making me open the book, man. No, 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 no. I'll be a comm officer. I'll pilot. I'll drive. Let's go. All right. Well, that's the ensign. I don't think it's a difference. No, 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 no. You're Cardassian, right? How long have you been in Starfleet, Kennedy? Oh, ooh, that's a good question. Cardassian couldn't have been in Starfleet that long at this point. Uh, you probably could have been in Starfleet since season four of TNG, so it's been at least eight years. Okay, so eight, eight years. years. Eight, eight years. years. Okay. Eight years from the academy. You know what? This is your background. You were part of the cultural exchange. One human went to Cardassia, and one Cardassian went to Earth. You're that one Cardassian. Because we've never heard from the human again. So they... Spoon. No. No, he was, tor- <laughs> he was tortured and killed. Spoon? Get that spoon forehead. <laughs> All right, so you find out that the signal is coming from right on the border of contested Romulan and Federation space. Uh, to get there without the Romulans giving you too much grief, you're going to have to make... Here come some rolls here. No, Facebook user, the Shran does not have a cloak. Only, oh, the, def- only the Defiant is allowed to have a cloak per the third Kittimer Accords. All right, so we out here... We out here riding dirty. What's up? Yep. All right. So you've got to make a control and con roll. Uh, I'm assuming you didn't have any stats, so just roll. Take your two d twenty if you got them. Yep. I have one two. I have one two d twenty. Okay, you're gonna roll it twice then. Okay. So I need you to roll under a fifteen and at mm-hmm. least do get under fifteen at least one time. Okay. So you go roll one. I'll roll one. Uh, okay. So Eric, you can have the ship help her. You're going to make, oh my God, so nerdy. Uh, and you're going to make a. There's so en- many points. <laughs> engines in command. You've got to get under a 13. Under a 13? Yeah. So you're going to help her out. Now, remember, if you guys roll a 19 or 20, you've created, you've had a critical failure. So oh, shit. the more dice you have, increase your chances of making, pulling this off, but also increase your chances of failing. So, Eric, do you want to roll here? I, I don't mind. I have <coughs> faith in my abilities. Okay, uh, great. You have the faith in the ship's abilities. <laughs> yeah, the ship. He meant Yay, Roland. He said what he said. She, she ha- he has faith in the Zynga. Correct. Okay, all right. So I need so do I roll 15? first? Same time? Don't matter? Same time. I need right, to have one, attention, right? two, three. I am at a four. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, because I saw that. <laughs> okay, the ship hopped out, but now we got to see what Kennedy rolled. It's a 19. Oh. What was your first roll? A six. A six? All right. So here's how this works. You got to live success. I was honest. <laughs> I saw that. It's good, good girl. You got enough successes that you're able to get to the source of the single without any issues with the ship itself. However, on your way there, you did receive, you got a strange kind of sensor transmission that there is something within the region of that signal that you can't process completely. Uh, but something seems off as if something is waiting for you. 
this is why we needed a science officer. <laughs> yup. <laughs> All right. So you get to the strange signal and you get to the spot and on visual, you don't see anything. It's just dead space, just mm-hmm. floating out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but your communications officer begins to receive pings like, like and, and your communications officer says, Captain, there is a beacon going off right now, and it is an old Starfleet code mm. from over a hundred for almost over a hundred years ago. Mm. Okay, okay. So do we stop an investigator, keep it pushing, and stick to mission? Oh, well, got- the beacon, the beacon well, the is beacon pinging right around location. where the energy signature spiked. Okay, that's why they sent you out here. Okay, okay, okay. So it's, all, it's the same location. Right. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Can we scan it with any additional frequencies? Any additional scanning? Yes. That's going to cost you a roll, though, as to whether or not it's effective. Yeah, you have to do a roll to make it you pull it off. (laughs) All right. So, whatever character has a good... Let's see. Uh, It's so crazy here. It's going to be an insight and science. Uh, I still think that's probably Kennedy. You've got a 15 in that. Okay, so I got to roll. Go ahead. So you're going to roll 2d20 and try to get under that. And the ship can help out with a sensors and science roll. However, since your captain said that the USS Nzinga likes to kick ass and take names, she's not good at scanning. She's just good at fighting. So you have to roll under a 10. I could fight. I need to see too. <laughs> yeah, it's, to- it's it's totally different. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So Kennedy, you got to get under a fifteen. I need two successes now because you're trying to figure out what this is and where it's at, and the ship can help out too. Okay. So Eric will make a roll. He's got to get under ten. Unless Len, you want to roll for the ship? I unfortunately my my dice are packed away because I yeah. I've recently moved, so I am sitting here. I would like K. Diceless. <laughs> now, before you guys make a roll, the Trek game also allows for something <laughs> called momentum. Right. You guys have two momentum right now. Momentum lets you add another D20 to your roll to up your odds. Ooh. If you add more than one, I get to add threats, making the, the chance dangerous and the threats I can apply later on in the game. Bro, it's already dangerous. We're in the Romulans. You're right on the Romulan border. That's true. All right, and even so though you guys roll- are... You guys are technically allies. So this adventure, I actually put the star date three days after Pale Moonlight. So three days after the Romulans have entered the war. But okay. maybe the word hasn't gotten out to all the Romulans. Shit. All right, so I need to roll under what now? Uh, for you, 15, the ship has to roll under 10. Okay, all right. Big money, big money. No whammies. No whammies. Ha! That's a six. All right. You need two. You need two successes, though. So that's one. That's one. And a 10. Very good. Very good. Now, if he gets under it also, under a 10, you guys can help out. What'd you he get, Matt? A six. All right. So you got three successes. You only needed two, which means you guys have added another momentum. So you've Hell now yeah. got three momentums for later. Star trekking across the universe. universe. I also like how all your users are like, use a probe, use a shuttlecraft. Quit putting your ship in the middle of danger. <laughs> it ain't their ship. <laughs> they just want a good show. Yeah, the, the, all right. The so you have command. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you have been able to adequately scan uh, what is in the area, and you're getting a couple. So 
another way momentum works, if you feel like there's more information that I could give you, you could say, that sounds good. I want to spend a momentum and get more information. Captain? Yeah. So here's what your initial scan finds. Okay. That beacon is from an old Starfleet transmission that was placed by the USS Enterprise 89 years ago in this sector of space, warning people to never come here ever again. <laughs> they said, ah. hey, hey, don't go over there, y'all. There's Romulans out there. Wow. Under, <laughs> under duress of a General Order One court-martial. Shit. So basically, it's a sign saying, if you can see this sign, it's too late. Turn around, yeah. <laughs> you can spend a momentum and see if you can get more information from your scan if you would like. How we dead are we? You have three momentums right now. <laughs> okay. uh, so do y'all want more information? Should we just turn around and try to make it back? Um, what, 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 what you thinking? We ain't turn around. Um, I feel like our options are scan to get more information or just keep pushing forward. Oh, no, we there. We there. We're, yeah, we're here. You're there. We're okay. there. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to go. Driving. What's up? Helm Lee. What's up? Well, okay. I feel like we maybe need to get a little bit more information only because it is 89 years ago. You know? I, I mean, things yeah. change. You know? Do you want to spend the momentum? Yeah, but this is space. So, like, in time <laughs> that it takes us to change, which is like a day, it takes space like a millennium to change a day. You know what I mean? So radiation from 90 years ago is just as potent, depending on the radiation, as it is today. All right, so what are we doing, Captain? More information. More information. All right. That's exactly what I was just (laughs) (laughs) What I told you. You spent a lot of time. Wait, wait. He pulled you into the ready room real fast. He said, come here, McCoy. Let me holler at you for a second. (laughs) So this is basically that scene in the ready room where, like, Worf is like, Captain, we have scanned this. And then Data's like, wait a minute, Captain. I saw this also. And then Worf pissed because he doesn't get to blow no one, up. Yeah, because no one believes Worf. <laughs> All right. So you spend a momentum to delve into your scans a bit more. And the ship's computer comes back that it has processed the kind of radiation that is – basically, there's this radiation signature that is attached to the beacon mm-hmm. telling people to stay the fuck away. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Stay away. You're good. That's right. We're not on on YouTube right now. Uh, And it comes back as pure. After he already dropped it. It It comes back as pure anti proton radiation. Anti proton radiation. Yes. Which means any type of proton based weaponry that we were to hurl at it would be rendered useless. Uh, So here are some of your options about learning about anti protons. Oh, Jesus. You can look at. You can look it up, or you can also access... Well, you've got some information now. Mm-hmm. You know that this beacon was left by the Enterprise during Kirk's initial five-year mission. Right. Happened 89 years ago. Right. And that you're now getting anti-proton radiations uh, scans attached Signature. to that. Right. Okay. So... But, all right. So let's check the logs from the Enterprise for this location. Anything around this location... From uh, Enterprise Laws. Okay, Cap. All right, digging okay. into the crates. Okay. I see you digging okay. in the crates, Cap. Okay. Let's go check out the historical documents. You better use that brain, Cap. Let's go. All right. 
So you check that out on the logs. You pull out our you bring up, uh, Star Trek you bring DVDs up. onto the... <laughs> That's right. You fire up Netflix. <laughs> You're going to check out what's on the Netflix queue. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. We have CBS All Access here on the oh, show. That's true. No, so do I. No, you're right. Thank you, Lynn. So we, so that maybe they can sponsor all of us. So you access uh, Starfleets. Uh, you're actually going to have to do some finagling and get some quasi-classified information. But this matches Data! up with. Huh? Data, data here. Oh, so this, right. Normally there would be more roles, but I'm trying to move it on so we can play the game. Right, right, right. Uh, what you find out is that uh, the area of space you're in is where Commodore Decker and the USS Constellation gave their lives to shut down the Doomsday Machine. Mm. Okay. Uh, when you scan more, you realize that the Doomsday Machine is basically right in front of you, but completely dormant, but still giving off some inform- giving off a little bit of energy. And for those who don't know on the show, the Doomsday Machine is the ship that literally eats planets. Yeah, is that, is that destroy. Like, is it that big cylindrical thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I never liked okay, that. Okay, so do like we know how space. functional it is? You're not we- sure how functional it is as you're trying to analyze what's happening. Uh, the communications array in the bridge goes, boop. Something's coming through. You're being hailed. It's exciting. Um, on screen. On screen. <laughs> you, you bring it on screen, and there is a woman with a short cut, bobbed black hair. She has pointy ears, and she's got a silver. It, it's a Romulan. Mm. Spicy <laughs> Vulcan. Spicy Vulcan. Yeah. <laughs> they are. They're spicy Vulcans. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right, so 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 this Romulan, this Romulan chick is is on the screen. Yeah, is she hot or, or like is she mad or is she like? Oh, uh, she both. Yeah, she's like, oh, you were interfering with a salvage operation of salvage the imper- operation. You were interfering with a salvage operation of the Tal Shiar warship Kali. We are going to commandeer this vessel to bring a swift end to the Dominion War. Either aid us or leave. Okay. All right. So our mission was okay. to was to investigate where the signal was coming from. Yep. Right. The history right? of the signal. We, right. We found out where the signal is coming from. What's generating the signal? Yep. And all the shit that goes along with it. So technically, mission accomplished. Yep. But. But they Romulans. But the Talshiar, <laughs> but the Talshiar have just decided that the Doomsday Machine is theirs, yes, and that they are going to use this to end the Dominion War. They are going to turn it back on, right? Yes. So, so we wait. can't have that. So wait, put them on pause. Is are they on our side? The Romulans? Are they? No. Are they? They're with well, the Dominion. So, so institutionally they are, but individually they might not be because yeah. word hasn't gotten out yet. Institutionally they are, as of like four days ago. Oh, so they may not know that they're supposed to be an ally. Well, even if they are, this is the Tal Shiar, which is basically the KGB of the Romulan Star Empire. Exactly. So they could. So the Romulans could be like, "We would never do this." And the Tal Shiar could be like, "No, yeah, eat we a bag. Would. We're gonna do whatever it takes to win." Eat a bag. 
Yeah. I love how in our comments somebody was like, can't trust no Romulans. <laughs> <laughs> One of their earlier comments was like, get out of there, it's a trap. Like <laughs> yeah, it's a trap. Yeah, nah. It's a trap. So here's what you know. Uh Starfleet sent you out here to investigate this power signature that is starting to turn back on. You got out here. You discovered it was the Doomsday Machine that was pulled into... By the way, the Doomsday Machine is not in Ramen and Space. It is still in what is technically the Neutral Zone, but with the Romanans joining the fight with the Federation, the the Neutral Zone is kind of going away, but it's a gray area. It's still a very gray gotcha. area, but it's all... Yeah, all and the Tau Shiar just said, we want this for the war. Exactly, and the Tau Shiar just all... They made it like dark gray, so no, we are not going yeah. nowhere. We are not letting the Tau Shiar book yeah, out of here not with the Doomsday Machine. We can't let them have it. No, no. That you so are siding against the freedom of the Alpha and Beta Quadrant. Well, she on hold. She don't know what we're saying. We still talking this okay. over. She <laughs> on mute right asked, now. Hold up. Did someone ask Starfleet yet what we're supposed to do? Is someone put a communique back to headquarters or... I want to worry about them. You think we should? Cap- what do you mean you think? You're the captain. Nigga. <laughs> 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 I'm taking uh, the, the suggestions. My dude. My dude. There are three of us. We on one ship. There's a Romulan right. right there and we don't have right. no fucking backup. Right. And guess what? Fuck them Romulans over there. That's number one. <laughs> You Number two, Starfleet hey. ain't out here. We Starfleet and this motherfucker. So whatever the fuck we say is what the fuck Starfleet do. You see what Yo. I'm saying? Yo, we should take Doomsday Machine. We should turn it on and blow their shit up. Now, no, if we um, catch it with a tractor beam, can we pull it? I like how no. we spent like an hour of like, Star Trek's all about like non-aggressive endings and Kennedy's like, turn it on. And blow them the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> that's because anybody that was... knows me no, like the humans nuke the Romulans. The second she saw that it was a Romulan, she was like, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> <laughs> I had already caught this court martial for firing without an order, so we may as well go out guns a blazing. Like, oh, Captain didn't say fire? I thought he did. <laughs> I thought My that man. was the wink. I'm sorry. Honest mistake. <laughs> I thought that was the signal. <laughs> he took a pause. I thought that was it. <laughs> He I said, saw the captain do this. I thought that meant shoot. Usually that's what it means. He, we got like two, four dugout signals for shooting. So I figured that was one of them. This is usually across, this is a across the port bow. This is port bow. It's a warning <laughs> shot. Let him know. Okay. I've consulted my crew. I haven't even given my opinion. My opinion is no, <laughs> we cannot <laughs> let. My professional medical opinion. Wait, my That's professional right. medical Len's, opinion. Lens the Lens the McCoy of this crew right now. Apparently. Oh, I'm not McCoy because McCoy would be like fuck him. <laughs> he would turn off the tricorder. McCoy hated war. Uh, uh, mm, I don't know. All right, your GM's gonna shut up. I'll keep quiet. McCoy okay. would turn off the tricorder and be like, "Yo, I'll be in. I'll be on the on the." Um, By the way. This is the fun I have with the Star Trek game. I present the problem, and then I just sit back. Exactly. <laughs> and the players just go and do their thing. We cannot, okay. while we cannot let the Tau Shiar take the Doomsday Machine, mm-hmm. I also, having, you know, studied these historical records of the, <laughs> ma- of the power of this machine, do not feel that this machine should be in the hands of anyone honestly i don't i'm not even sure that we the um starfleet as it is constituted now can be trusted with the doomsday machine i feel we need to blow it up 
Well, I agree that we can't let the Romulans have it. How long before they get here? They here. They're here. They're here. They're salvaging. Oh, they're already here in Halen. They're not like on their way still. On mute. No, she's on mute. We can see her. She can't see us. So she's like. Talk, so you guys are talking on the communication, whatever. Gotcha. All right. Uh, your, well, tactical, your tactical offer says, would you like to see an exterior visual, Captain? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, on screen, that too. On screen. So when they bring it on screen, it's just, it's just, so the Doomsday Machine sitting out there, there's nothing there, but it's like weird cornucopia. Right, right. But right above it, you see a giant Romulan Warbirds right in front of it. Shit, I was going to ask if there was a Warbird. Oh, yeah. <sighs> okay. Well, we're going to let them know. Wait, to make it even worse, Kennedy, it's not a Warbird. It's a Scimitar class from from Nemesis. Tau Shiar doesn't mess around. Fuck that. I don't give a fuck about no fucking... A Scimitar... The Scimitar... So is is there a ship more... So can our ship withstand there? Oh, no, bro. No. That is like like a VW Beetle getting into a car accident with a fucking Mack truck, okay? We're not going to make it. (laughs) Which means you got to... We can outmaneuver it, though. We got to fly. Okay. I'm ready. You could maybe outmaneuver well, it. Yes. Yes. I. All right. So, all right. So it said. All right. So we think our weapons would be effective if we wanted to destroy it, so that they couldn't get it. The ship or the doomsday machine. The ship. Uh, the doomsday machine. Um. So it's completely dormant, but it still has a slight power signature. Which means it uh, could have a shield. It could. Uh, you do know from from reading the historical documents in Kirk's log that a secondary antimatter matter combustion within the Doomsday Machine could possibly make it so that it can no longer be reactivated. Okay, so what would it take to do that? Would I have to send an away team to the ship to enact that? At this level, it would require the equivalent of a warp core being detonated with inside the Doomsday Machine. So we'd have to fly the ship into it. Uh, Starfleet vessel does it have its own warp core that we could ignite? It does not, but Starfleet vessels are able to eject warp cores. Right. Yeah, but if we eject our warp core, we're stuck. We're never going to make it out of here, right? Right. So I think if I can make a suggestion, Captain, my captain, that we should blow that shit the fuck up and then hightail it out of here before they can catch us. But he just said the only thing that's going to detonate is a warp core explosion. If we jettison our warp core, we're not making it out of here. We're not making it back home. And you know, nine point five eight three two warp speed factor. I mean, you could so you could reach out to you board. could reach out to subspace and ask for help, and see who's nearby. Yeah. All right, let's let's, let's dial a friend. Let's do that. Dial a friend. We got we're all the way out here. I don't think you understand how far the neutral zone is. He just said we can call somebody on subspace. We can call somebody, but they won't get to they us. They ain't going to get to us no time soon. They, meanwhile, they... we don't know where people are. You don't know where nobody at. We here and they there. So we don't know where nobody else is. So we can find out. We can you could also try call. to convince. You could also try to convince the Tau Shiar to not use this thing. Uh... We could, but that ain't going to work. That's a waste of breath. <laughs> I'm not even the Star the Star Wars head. I am already no better against that. Mm-mm. I can see Eric unless I can get out mind trick him. No, um, I already. So don't see you look at stellar well. cartography. The closest out, the closest um, government. I mean, there is a Starfleet ship that at, at maximum warp could get to you guys within like five hours. Mm. Because with the Dominion War, there's Starfleet ships everywhere. Yeah, but um, 
the closest i say this they're not hold on they're not even allies you have a non-aggression pack with the gorn hegemony and they are an hour away at maximum warp the Gorn are not helping us, bro. Yeah, no. They're not. No. Like they're they not. are very xenophobic, and they would not like anyone having something with that much power near their border. True. So but that's they, even assuming that they would answer our hails in the first place. Yeah. You got to talk them into to coming. No. I say. There's, there's your options. <laughs> I say we jerk off the Romulans to buy ourselves time. We radio that cruiser that's five hours away. And while we tell them we're helping them to get the shuttle back up and running, we subvert them and blow that shit up ourselves from the inside. Okay, but here's the thing. The Doomsday Machine is not really a ship ship like that. It's almost like... It's this, a robot. Yeah, it's like this large... It's like a platform, it's a rig. No, no. It actually is all... It, it, it's, a, it's a machine, but it's only a machine really in name only. To look at it, it's not like metallic or anything like that. It's this long, cylindrical... It's a bomb. Ultimately, it's a bomb that has propulsions. Yeah. yeah. It's not a okay. ship. You can't, you can't pilot it. Yeah, you can't, like, board it to send a way team or nothing like that on it. So it does sound like to disable it, we'd have to do some kamikaze shit and run the ship into like it. Like you said, and eject the warp core. Or eject the warp core. So if we eject the warp core, what we need to run from the Romulan? Uh, yeah. Yeah, because they'll be pissed. Unless you can convince them that the Doomsday Machine is basically, well, just like in the original episode, it's not something anybody should have. I f- see. I'm forgetting exactly what they did in the in the original episode, which is something that we would be able to tell. They, you would know. Uh, so Kirk piloted the USS Constellation. I remember he went into in, it, right? He went into it, and and they beamed him out right as it blew up. That's right. Okay. I and basically, the USS Constellation made the Doomsday Machine dormant. But it's like it's like a dormant volcano, right? So, do we have a shuttlecraft complement? Yeah, well, let's do you've that. Got, you've got you've got uh, you've got nine you've got eight shuttles and four runabouts. So we could conceivably autopilot. put all them motherfuckers on autopilot, send them off to the ship, blow them up, and hightail it the fuck out of there. We could. Would we be able to get all of them through without the Cardass or Romulans blowing them up? Hey, watch it. Uh, it is conceivable that you could so there's many things that have to happen here you would have to set all of your shuttles and all of your runabouts to autopilot to fly into the doomsday machine defend them against the Romulan and then you have to defend them against this one Romulan cruiser uh, and give them time to fly into it and detonate them all at once it is possible yeah all right. I mean, I think that sounds like a, a pretty sound plan. If we have, you said, eight runabouts and four cruisers? You have eight shuttlecraft and four runabouts. I saw so some... They don't have warp capability, do they? Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I saw so some... Uh, run up, uh, shuttles can go up to, like, warp two. Runabouts can go up to, like, warp eight. Gotcha. <clears throat> All right. So I say we send the eight shuttles in. You could, you could send all of your runabouts, and that would be equivalent... To the warp core of your one ship, which is okay, what we so would need. Not the shuttles. Yeah, runabouts don't have runabouts have larger warp cores than shuttles do. Okay, yeah. so we need to send all four of those in. I mean, you could throw in some shuttles just to kind of give yourself some insurance, but all four of your runabouts have a big enough warp core combined to equal uh, the Nazinga. Yeah. So how about this? How about we 
<clears throat> program, because <clears throat> I'm a tactical officer too, apparently. How about we program all of the shuttlecraft as to like uh, have some type of uh, maneuver to distract the Romulans into thinking that the shuttle is attacking them while we send the runnabouts. Because that's what I was going to say. I was going to say that because we could use the shuttles maybe while having them work this maneuver, we can auto, if we can uh, jury rig it so that we are firing whatever defenses they have at mm-hmm. the at the Romulan ship to give the impression that they're being piloted by somebody while the runabouts are making their way into the doomsday machine. So we can do all that, but Eric's right for having to distract the Romulans first. We'd have to sweet talk them as we're doing this so they don't see that it's happening to the last minute. Right, I agree. So we would need to open the channel down, but let them know, yeah, we're going to help you do whatever you want. Tell us how you would like to proceed. But I don't know, would they buy that? Because I don't even buy that saying it myself right now. Um, but it, they wouldn't buy it, but it would still be... Depends how good you can sell it. Yeah. The Tau Shiar are our kind of use of the Federation being pliable. So use okay. that to your advantage. I like that. All right. By the so way, this is why I like the Star Trek game, watching you guys figure out... This is why Star Trek rules. You guys are coming up with props... You want to? I want to point out that I haven't done anything in like twenty minutes. <laughs> it's just been you guys. All right, I've done nothing but had stout and whiskey. If y'all reprogram or program the runabouts and the shuttles, mm-hmm. the shuttles to attack the ship, the runabouts to go after the doomsday device, and then other way to, around. Other way around. No, the runabouts are going after the doomsday device, and the shuttles are attacking the Romulans. Yes, but you said it the other way before. Never mind. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> and y'all program that, and I'm going to sit here and talk to them and boo up on the phone. There you go. There you go. Get your Mac on, Mac. So, so right. really quick, a Facebook yeah, user damn, just bro, said... That, is that so really quick, a Facebook Bob? user just said, doesn't the Scimitar have fighters? It does, but it has not launched them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And... and, 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 and if they do, we've got the shuttlecraft that we are, you know... And we can still fire on the sh- on the shuttles ourselves. And how yeah. far away from the Doomsday Machine are we? Well, I guess they're closer because they're right above it. They're right above it. Well, right above it, which means they're... Well, yeah. I mean, 30 I, miles away, you know what I mean? Right, mm-hmm. right, right. But, I, w- I will add this era. This is the scimitar that is not as fully stacked as the scimitar in Nemesis. All right, whew. Yeah. That shit was husky. Yeah. Right. It was. All right, we've got we've got All five right. we've got it five minutes have, to finish this campaign. Have commanding it. <laughs> we've got five right. minutes so to finish this campaign or continue plan. this on on Saturday. Come on. All right, so open the channel so I can holler at the ship and talk to them, and then y'all get cracking on that thing I told y'all to go do. Yes, Captain Mack, what is your decision that you have made? Since right. we are now allies, apparently. Yes, we are, and we would like you to help us in salvaging this ship. So since we were here first, we do appreciate your uh, willingness to help us salvage this ship. I think that would be the best course for everyone involved, if you would help us salvage this ship. And we would appreciate your cooperation in that effort. The Romulan Star Empire supports your decision. What, What would you like to do first, Captain? So what we're going to do is we're going to prepare some of our runabouts, and we're going to use that to tow the ship back to the Alpha Quadrant. 
So um, our scientists tell us that we can bring the the machine up to power now without the use of your runabouts. Why do you want to use the runabouts? Oh, because you know that's just what we came up with. <laughs> I didn't know that y'all could do that. You could just jump the ship. <laughs> Wait a minute. My people ain't tell me you can jump it. Why you ain't say that sooner? A Romulan never tells what they can do ahead of time. (laughs) Otherwise, we wouldn't be Romulan. Fair. Oh, yeah, I guess that makes some sense. Well, um, we were just going to tow it back. Are y'all going to just launch it? Because how are you going to control it just starting it back up? We need a way to, you know, be able to steer it. I don't know if you guys had navigation for it. Our intention we was going to stick it. a steering wheel on it. <laughs> Our intention was to tow it to the Bajoran wormhole, activate it, and send it through. You know what? Let's escort you to the Bajorans and, you know. Okay, so how were you going to tow it? Because you didn't want to use the runabout. So you want to power it up or tow it or not? Because now I'm confused. You're talking about two no, 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 no. I was speaking. I was speaking. Is it not you? Are you are you saying oh. that Starfleet has approved the use of this machine to help I'm us end the conflict of the Gamma Quadrant by any means necessary? What I'm saying to you is that the uh, the the Starfleet sent me here to secure this device, and I'm going to do that because those are my orders, and I don't fail my orders. I'm literally watching Eric's beard grow as he spins his bullshit. <laughs> Very well. Captain, what's your character's name? We're just calling you Mac. Yeah. Captain Mac. Captain Mac. Founder of, of New Bermuda. Of the, of the USS Mazinga. You are apparently a new breed of captain within the new version of Starfleet under this new wars. Let us tow this together. Under the umbrella of peace, where Starfleet and the Tal Shiar shall work together to bring peace to the Alpha and Beta Quadrants together. Yeah, bring that. It would be a shame if something would change that relationship. Can we? Can we put her on mute real fast? Can we mute her? I don't see it happening. Put him on mute. Put him on mute. So, so she says, like, prepare tractor beam, and then it goes to mute. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, Brandon Patrick's name is on mute. They bought it. How are we coming with those runabouts? <laughs> I'll be right back. I'll be right back. I swear to God, I'll be fast. Discuss. <laughs> Tell me your plan when I get back. Oh, God. All right. So I did my part. They bought it. We're about to tow it. Can y'all get this drone blown before we get to this wormhole? I don't know how close the wormhole is. I don't know who on the other side of the wormhole. I just know we can't let them do what they want to do with it. We gotta blow before we get to before we get to B. So the, are we ready? Listen, the wormhole A, far as shit. B on the <laughs> other side, full of nasty ass, mean ass niggas. Okay, we don't want to fuck with them in any way. It should be blown up, but we Starfleet. We better than that. So I feel like we need to let command know that we're coming back with a fucking Tal Shiar scimitar vessel ship. Um, towing this Doomsday device, can we get some backup? Because we don't really need to get back to Federation space. We just need to let them think that's where we're going. Is okay. there some type of like like mini, real quick, quasi cloaking type of thing that we can put on the warp cores when we eject them so that they don't or sense the it? So, so yeah. So, so we, you mask? Me masking a warp signature? 
Yeah, so so that when it, so that when he ejects from the the runabouts, they don't pick it up. And well, that, I don't think we have to eject their work cores. We would have needed to eject our work core because we didn't want to blow up our whole ship. The runabout oh, right. just crashed the whole thing into them. Right. So so is there any type of way we can mask the signature of the warp core overloading? Yeah. Wait, I'm confused. I thought we were sending the runabouts to the doomsday machine right. and detonating okay. their warp cores because it's all, all together. It's equivalent to one so that we don't have to do that and we can get out of Dodge if need be. No, that's what we are doing. Yes. Yes, but I'm and wondering if... to know is there a way to, to mask the overloading of the warp cores so, so that way the Romulus don't detect it ahead of time. So that we can be saying that we're to- towing this all the while we're monitoring the the signature so that when we see it about to go, we can just boogie out of there and they be like, yo, where are they going? Boom. There's got to be some type of, of, of particle or substance or something that we can... We got. Can we use the deflectors? There's got to be something we can spray, like a ta- like a spray of particles. A spray. Something. <laughs> they were they spraying shit. Spray. Oh, was there. Okay, let's spray some uh, tachyon emissions over it. This way, we won't know it's a warp signature. There was something I can't remember. My nerd is but so deep. It's called <laughs> fabuloso. So you know that you know that Ramadan sensors are have a blind spot to tetrion fields. See, there it is. There we, Damn, so what we're gonna do? We're gonna coat them bitches in some Tetrion juice. We're gonna blow them the fuck up. And before they get wise, we're gonna get the fuck out of Dodge. Cat, let's go. Tetrion juice. Let's get some <laughs> Tetrion juice. Tetrion yeah. tea. <laughs> and spray it like last call. We got Ensign. All right, all right hold on. Bay like. So you're gonna apply Tetrion to your runabouts to send it into the Doomsday machine, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. All right, there's we a hang up. We got ensigns just emptying water bottles. We got, we got them this up Doctor, you don't. There's a problem with this, actually. Mm, yes, because uh, the the tetrion fields are very dangerous to organic life forms. Yes, they are. Yes. So you can apply this to the runabouts, but it's going to be at. Uh, it could potentially be at the lives of many crew members. Uh, you crew can members. you can create an inoculation spray on your hypo to keep them all safe from this. Yes. However, it will require. Since this is a more dangerous event, uh, a daring plus medicine role. Uh, Dr. Len, do you think that you are a more conservative doctor or a more like fly by the seat of your pants doctor? Oh, I definitely. Dr. Len. (laughs) Dr. Len. (laughs) Captain Mac, Dr. Len. (laughs) I I definitely fly by the seat of my pants, by the the hem of my cape. Yes. (laughs) All right. Well, you know what? What, What's uh, what's your species? Did you pick human or... Oh, you know what? Um, let's just let's just throw this in now. You know what? I'm going to throw it in there. Because we don't weird. see color in the 24th century. He's a doctor. I'll give a shit. But you him. do see nose ridges. <laughs> True. Um, I'm an Andorian. Oh my god! Oh. That's the blue one with the yes, the yes. antenna. Yeah, Andorians are Andorians are very much uh, empire first over. Uh, they are society over individuals. Hmm. All right. So it makes sense that he would spray us down. All right, Doc. Yeah. All right. So, Len, the doctor to say to make sure because here's the thing: if he fails this role, you guys will get okay. to pull this off, but it will cost you. All right. All right. So, uh, Doctor Len, Doctor uh, Doctor uh, Avren Len. I don't know what your name is. Your antenna. I need you to make a daring yes. plus medicine role. Yes. Since you don't have stats, yes. I'm assuming. I'm going to decide 
This is not going to be easy. So okay. You have fine. a daring. You have it because you're an Andorian and you're. Okay. You have a daring uh, of four. Okay. A four. And a medicine of 11. So it's a 15. Fuck. Okay. But you only get one shot at this. I'm going to need you to make two successes. You only have 2d20 to pull this off. You have two momentum left. Okay. Uh, the ship cannot help you. This is all your own your own skill. Well, so you can ask for a momentum. Um, no, I'm going, I'm, going, I'm going for self. I'm going for self. On yourself? All right. All right. Kennedy's saying that's not the way to go. <laughs> no, that's too late. Kennedy's, you're not there. All right. So I, so I'm also, just... I like the Facebook user who was like, empty the Bassard collectors. That's good. <laughs> it's the Riker maneuver. It won't work here, but well done. So I'm rolling. So what I have to get? You have to, on 2d20s, you have to get a 15 or under. All right. Two times. Okay. Uh, so if you have 1d20, roll it twice. I got one roll. We got one. I'm rolling. Shit. 20. <laughs> 16. All right. Roll another one. All right. All right. All right. Under four. Under four. Under four. Two. Yes, baby. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Two. So I'm going to decide. Let me close the door because Kennedy is echoing big time from like so five rooms over. That you're, go ahead, Len. I'll describe it to the other players right now. I'm going to decide that Len's Andorian Tribble, or Tribble, geez, Andorian Doctor has the value of by any means necessary. Right. Malcolm X. Malcolm X, which means he will find the cure no matter what it costs. So he has one failure. Right. But he rolled a two. Yes. Which is going to be under his medicine skill. Right. And in the Star Trek game, if you have a value that you can apply to an action, it counts as two successes. Gotcha. So here's how this works. Since Lens and Dorian Doctor has the value of by any means necessary, he has been able to he has been able to present an inoculation of what did I say, Tetrion? Yes, yeah. Tetrion. Tetrion to the crew members that are applying it to the runabouts so that the Romulans can't scan it. However, there was uh, there was a hiccup in this. Um, as you were applying it, you had no less than three recent graduates of Starfleet Academy who only wanted to serve the Federation because the Federation did so much for them. But they were young. They have not felt the rigors of space. Mm-hmm. Your inoculation. Uh, it was a two Beta Zeds and one Rigelian. Apparently they have the same blood types. Mm-hmm. Uh, your inoculation has killed them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Because by any means necessary, you will get you will get to the answer. So you're able to cover the runabouts in the Tetrion fields, but three like 20-year-olds died because of it. Which is fine. Which is fine. <laughs> because... Easy for you to say, I gotta make this phone call. Yeah. He's gonna hold my conscience. These three young lives that will never reproduce, never know promotion, never know the glory of battle. You yes. Know, our, our comments are drawn. Why don't we go? <laughs> the the end of the road. They can't... But, but now... That's three of the it's runabouts. It's the USS Boys to Men. 
<laughs> USS Wanye. But that's why the, the runabouts can now have... Space is dangerous. They can have... Three of them can have, you know, those life three... Life, life, you know, I thought you said three people died. I know there's oh, four three people died. I thought you meant four runabouts. Well, there's four runabouts, but three of them can now have at least some semblance of life on them. Thus, they're dead. <laughs> no, they're dead, man. Well, but but you can still. I mean, like, even oh, I see what you're doing. You're gonna put them on the shuttle, right? Hey, they died in the line of duty. Exactly. Are you gonna try? Exactly. I mean, you lucky I'm the kind of captain that don't like cold. paperwork. That's the only reason I'm agreeing to this. I'm looking out for their families so their families get their pension. Well, I mean, they don't. I mean, it, it, it ain't but a, a dollar fifty because they no just body, came out of. Any, if there's no body, they can't bury anybody. They get a, they get a plaque. They get a little plaque. They get they get a little they get a plaque. They, the they get they, they get the flag, you know, to come to their door. You know what I mean? A little hollow image of them whenever they get nervous you can push it and it'll be there they get a yeah. free pass to um <laughs> starfleet academy <laughs> the gift shop they, I mean, the gift shop. Shop. they get a gift card you too can visit for a gift card have a good time starfleet academy. And, sorry about the dad here's a t-shirt kid and here's some tiberian some tiberius kirk whiskey and a trip to riza have fun a trip to riza. <laughs> you too can have your own horgon now <laughs> Do you, All right, Len, it worked. But Thank it you for your son's service. It cost three, it cost three crew members. <laughs> Woo! They just got here anyway. Damn it, Len, I'd have told you about these willy-nilly cures. Be <laughs> so reckless. I said what oh, I my said. My shovel's ready. All right, so the runabouts launch. And the okay. Romans can't scan it. Okay. Yeah, they can't scan it. They, they look. We got to, we got to end this show. It's been, it's all. It's and then we got to slowly start increasing our distance away from the doomsday device, waiting like, for ignition. Ah, ah, ah. Hold on. You be like, we just got called back to the house. So we gonna go. <laughs> right. Um, we just got to increase some distance till we see that full yield go off. It's like, where are you going? You're like, uh, nowhere, nowhere. <laughs> what do you mean? What you mean? You okay, bye. Your sensors, okay? Your, and your sensors okay? You should probably recalibrate. <laughs> <laughs> so you launch a runabout the Robinins cannot detect it the runabouts make their way into the doomsday machine what do you want to do I want them to explode it do we have right. to trigger the warp core um, uh, overloads or is it automatic no you gotta trigger it oh it. Uh, hit the button the science officer there's a huge engage to where even like your 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 screen just blacks, it just like it's a super like blazing white. All right, whoop nine, punch it. <laughs> yeah, wait, when they when they when they come back up, we're going too. And they just like, oh, what the fuck? I will. I don't. I don't want to answer shit. I just want to be going. First off, you do that as a GM. I want to appreciate that you didn't even give the Romans a chance to be like, what the fuck. <laughs> Maximum warp, Captain Eric. All right, so you barely have time to see the the anti, the warp core breaches of their four runabouts go off. It's kind of like an uh, uh, episode two uh, when uh, Jango Fett shooting those like sonar bombs, mm -hmm. which is my favorite sound effect in all Star Wars. That was such a shift. That was like episode two. What which series? Good explosion. Uh, you get back to, you get back to 
DS9 or within uh, communications range. We're like, who? You receive a message from DS9, and it is from Captain Benjamin Sisko. Shit. That's pissed. Who says, who says <laughs> Captain USS Nazinga, please dock in docking bay three and meet me within my personal quarter, my personal office now. That's it. That's it. It's a wrap. All right. Read as soon as I get back. Now. Yeah, All right, so you get there, you dock at DS9, and you're ordered to report to Captain Cisco's office uh, in ops. Like, what's up, Captain? <laughs> Am I the only one that sees how long we've been streaming? We've got to shut this campaign. We'll shut it down now. Well, this is this is us going, this is us ending our yeah, this is the end. This is the end. We're done. This is the end of our careers. Right? So you're, you're sitting at your city, you're in his office, and he says, First off, I want to say that the Doomsday Machine could have brought a swift end to this war. And you have angered our recent Ramadan allies. However, I would like to add that you have maintained the ethics of Starfleet and have done what I could not do. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. Happy to be of service. I have served. I will build service. When we come through this all alive, you are all going to have some gumbo at Cisco's. Yeah! There you go. You did it. Wait, cat. Tell them to wish you on We lived. We survived the Romulan encounter. We didn't get fucking court martialed. We still got our jobs. Exactly. We might have lost a couple betas. No, I mean, literally two days ago, Cisco fucking had a Romulan senator murdered, so. Yeah. You're you're fine. Yeah. We might have lost yeah, a couple of beta in the Rigelian, but you know, they should have seen that shit coming. They're supposed to be psychic. So that's it. That's how the Star Trek game kind of works. That was awesome. I just want to point fun. out, like, you guys did the bulk of the work. You just had these moral and ethical conversations, which is why I love this game so much. I loved it. And this was, was fun. Yeah. Thank you for this. Thanks, guys. Yeah. That was so, a good time. So now that you've dazzled us all with your spectrum of geekery, tell us real yeah. quick about yeah. Geek in the City. So Geek in the City has started off as a blog almost 20 years ago. 15 years ago, I launched a podcast, Geek in the City Radio. It started off as talking about uh, covering uh, nerd stuff in Portland that the major media wouldn't cover. Uh, so I want to start covering that. And then from there, it's kind of grown from... Uh, we're a pop culture show that mixes society and culture and how pop culture and societal issues are actually interconnected. The connection of like Star Trek and race relations, Star Wars and gender issues. Uh, we try to find the fun and balance between those two. We are also one of the few nerd podcasts, uh, Black Tribbles included, that is uh, 100% people of color run. Uh, Geek in the City has two Mexican-Americans and one Asian-American guy on the show. Uh, and I know that's pretty rare in the nerd very, community. Very. We're that's so for that. And it doesn't mean that, like, if you're white, like, oh, I can't listen to Geek in the City. Yeah, you can. You just, you know, every once in a while, we're going to make digs on you, but you're fine. You're in total control. It's um, <laughs> most definitely. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's, a, no, we try to have fun. We try to find where uh, society 
connects with pop culture because they actually feed off each other. Um, the That's stories cool. that we tell influence society and society influence the stories we tell. And for 15 years, uh, Geek and City Radio has tried to do that, and I hope we can keep doing it. Where can people find Geek in the City? Where can we? Where can they find you? If you just go to geekinthecity.com. That that's it. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio. Uh, apparently on Instagram, if you type in Geek in the City Radio, I have my own Instagram page, which I never knew about until literally this morning. <laughs> I tagged you in it? Great. Yeah, because apparently Instagram and Facebook built a page for me. If you just go to at yeah. Geek in the City on Instagram, you'll find me. I talk about the show, but also homebrewing and random stuff. Uh, on Twitter, you can follow me uh, at, at Geek in the City, uh, where I cover almost everything we talk about. The show proper is at GITCradio.com. Um, it's one of those things that, like, I was doing the show for a decade before I actually started on Twitter. So there's a lot of catch up. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. That's great. Well, now the time has come, Aaron. Dun, 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 dun. The time oh, has come for God. you to become I'm one with the Triple Nation. I went to the website to find I don't I still don't know a good name for me. Yes, you do. You picked it already. I did. I did. Yeah. Well, that's All good, right. Aaron, because the time has come for of, you. A lot of pressure on me because I've been the, I've been a fan of the show for a long time. So. Oh, thanks. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. So, with that, all that being said, Aaron, what yep. will be your triple name as you join Triple Nation? Considering how we spent the last hour, I think it's only appropriate that I am Game Master Tribble. Ooh. Game Master Tribble. Yep. Okay. All right. That now works? Before, that works. We also have AKAs because I know you were on the fence about some things. Okay. So I could be Game Master Tribble, AKA. I checked on the website. It doesn't exist. Kennedy thought it would. Uh, Game Master Tribble, AKA Taco Tribble. Ooh. I'm just going to start adding them now. Game Master Tribble, a.k.a. Taco Tribble, a.k.a. Brewmaster Tribble, a.k.a. Pig Killer Tribble. Uh, <laughs> it definitely is not a Pig Killer Tribble. I, no, we don't have a Pig Killer. For some AKA, reason, I... Um, that's it. For, no. for okay. some reason, I, I honestly believe... A.k.a. Game, uh, pig Killer Tribble. There may be a Taco Tribble that's just not on the books. Um, well, I have to murder them. <laughs> well, they're not a pig. He knows the rules. <laughs> Roll, roll for it. Hold on. <laughs> I win. Uh, so say the Game Master Tribble. Uh, all right. Well, Game Master Tribble, aka Pig Killer Tribble. I love that pig. I love Pig Killer Tribble myself. That's that, that's that's dope. Um, it's the same thing, really. But it's not official. Not oh. until the Master Tribble, the creator and of I our oath. Of allegiance. And I await to be sworn in, good sirs and madams. Then take it <laughs> away, right. Emac. So it's a fairly painless procedure. All you do is repeat after me. I am a triple furry. I am a triple true. I am a triple cherry. I am a triple true. Furry, triple furry. furry. Yeah. That was the whiskey. He knew what I he am said. a triple furry. I am a triple true. It's a lot of whiskey. From the way I roll to the way I coo. From the way I roll to the way I ho. Welcome, Aaron. Thank you so much for taking the time to bug out with us, man. A lot of fun. 
This has literally been kind of a nerd bucket list for me. I've been listening to uh, Black Tribbles since uh, Kennedy, a.k.a. Storm Tribble, appeared on Women at Warp however many years ago talking about Klingons. Nice. That, that's, when I, that's when I discovered Black Tribble. So thank you, guys. This truly does mean a lot to be on the show. Yeah, it's good. It, thank you very much. It, it makes me happy. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, and, and we may be hitting you up soon to return to uh, the adventures of Captain Mac. Dr. Yeah. Len. We can only do it. USS Nzinga, so. <laughs> we can only do it if, if Mac is still our captain. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm with it. Yeah, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> it happen, man. Starfleet's ever growing, so something could happen <laughs> with Captain Mac. You have to find him. Oh, well, <laughs> You never know. Search He's for Black, Mac. Track Black Triples 3, the search for Captain Mac. Yes. <gasps> I love it already. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> my God. search for Mac. And, and what's your call? Mac. <laughs> little Bermuda. <laughs> And then the next the next movie is the return of the Mac, and that's the theme song. What you don't know, Aaron, is that we are actually working with our friends at uh, Nerdarchy to actually. Uh, there may be within the next year a RPG convention going on here in the around the Philadelphia area. So you, we may be making a call to you, man. See I'll come if, out. See if you can't make Assuming a trip. Assuming we can all leave our homes, I'll fly out to Philadelphia. I've never been to Philadelphia. Oh, oh it's lit. Oh, Not come. Oh. Not Okay, ladies. You got good taco joints there? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yo, I mean, yes. they're probably not California taco joints or, or Orleans, but, you know. Or my kitchen. Yeah, we make do. Oh, well, we got a kitchen for you, dog, and we go shop. Look, all right, oh, all right. You, I'll make you tacos. I'll make you carnitas to the end of days. <sighs> Yo, let's go. Okay, all right, all right. We, all right, all right. I, obviously, we got vacation plans to put together, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We got to get out of here. We hope you've enjoyed this YouTube and on Facebook Live. And as always, you can download this come the morning on blacktribbles.com and on uh, Apple Podcasts, all the places that you find podcasts, the Black Tribbles are there. Please like and follow us on all the social medias. Um, uh, holla at a Tribble. Leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. that helps people find us. Follow the adventures of the USS Nzinga. We'll be coming to an RPG <laughs> table somewhere near you, maybe in the very near future. We'll see where we can happen. For the yeah. Master Tribble, for Storm Tribble, for the... Uh, the Uncanny Tribble, Super Tribble, Super Saiyan Tribble, Intern Tribble, and the new, whew, oh my God, Game Master Tribble, a.k.a. Taco Tribble, a.k.a. Pig Killer Tribble. This is the <laughs> Bat Tribble in parting, we say. Pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man, Adam. Amazing time. That was All so right, great. Man, oh, that was dope. That was so All much right. fun.